This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Next Lander podcast. Oh, maybe I should be like a little spooky. Hello. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. That's uh, like fake spooky. That's, a, that's more like uh, pro wrestler voice or yeah, Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say, did you, did you? Wait, are you the Batman now? I think I may sometimes. I was telling my uh, my son, I was like, you know, sometimes going higher pitched is, is even spookier than because he's been trying to do a scary low voice. So maybe like, hello everyone. And that's like a Paul Bearer, like welcome to or like a sing songy. Um, yeah, there's something unsettling about that. Yeah, Brad Shoemaker, what is scarier, higher or lower? Almost getting some kind of like Victorian English fancy lad vibe from that one just now. Hello. Uh, yeah, that's very frightening as well. Uh I think I think there's like, you know, like little kids singing can be very creepy if they're okay. doing like that yeah. like a wee lullaby. Mm-hmm. Uh Alex Navarro, do you like a, a a creepy what's scarier? Like a devil voice or like a creepy kid with a reverb on it voice? I don't know. I mean, is the creepy kid secretly the devil? Okay. Let me ask okay, here's okay. here's a better question. All right. Okay. Somebody you hear the words, you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Scarier if it's like a you're gonna die. Or like a 
You're gonna die. Well, I think like, we all know the creepiest one is, You're gonna die! <laughs> yes, in the jungle. <laughs> Doing, I did that so loud, I got a uh-huh. notification that my microphone appears to be noisy. Oh, okay, good, okay. Hey, Axel, turn it down. Yeah. Um, I think Give me right. some reggae! <laughs> I think the scariest the, call. I, th- I think the worst is just, like, the more matter-of-fact, the worse it is. Okay. Mm, just a very oh, business-like. You're gonna die. You're going oh, to die. You're like going without, to die. Like without intent, really? Just like just, yes. Just there is. This is an immovable object. This is mm. just happening. There's nothing you can do about it. Oh, it's it's a settled issue. Says here you're going to die, and also uh, Lakers won. Well, you got this work order in here. Says okay, one death coming right up. Oh, who is it? Oh, it's you. <laughs> oh, really? Boy, yeah. this is. Well, it's going to be Grizzly one too. Anyway, ooh, ooh, ooh. put down really, some plastic. I've really been enjoying this spooky tober right up until this moment. Oh, yeah, man, well, maybe I'm done. No, it sells fun and games until you get the work order. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody, you're listening uh, to the Next Lander podcast. We're here to get. Sp- it's the end of October. It, it went in a flash. I still have to figure out how to get my kids' costumes all set up. Tonight's the last night I get to work on the costumes. And then. Um, I don't know. Maybe next year some store store bought bought stuff. Can can can, can we ask what the theme is? Sure, is yeah. Top yeah. secret until the reveal. No, I've never I've never trucked with that. I think uh, uh, my my daughter wanted to be black cat, like a black generic black cat. You oh, know, not, like I black just, cat, like, not the Marvel book. hero. I, okay. I, I absolutely yeah. was just like that's the fucking the Marvel no. tinged world we live in now. Yeah, that was yeah. just my first assumption. No, just like which was you know okay we can knock this one out. My son wanted to be Venom. Uh, mm, that's not, a bit higher concept. Yeah, so not really, I think, knowing. So not knowing, I think, that there's a new Venom movie. Like, he yes. reads comic books, and we you know, we got a lot of stuff. I, it's hard to tell because we're so media-soaked that I asked him, and I said, did you, did you know there's a new Venom movie? And at some point he says, yeah, Maximum Carnage. <laughs> I said, well, how did you know? He's like I saw and I saw a trailer for it on YouTube, and I said, "When were you watching YouTube?" And my son, God bless him, he's so smart. He said, "Only when you've allowed it." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "That is the right answer." I he have said, only ever <laughs> served your pleasure, Father. <laughs> That's right. He said something. You know, something like, "Like, of course, only when you said it was okay to watch it." It was like, "Okay, sure, you got me." Only there. by Good your answer. command shall I watch YouTube. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he probably, I don't know if he saw it on his Chromebook or something while he was in school. But anyway, well, now, the tra- now, now the entire school district knows that he was watching that Venom trailer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Everybody knows. Hey, watching that. What do you think of uh, Maximum Carnage? Good casting or what? What do you think of Woody Harrelson in that role? Uh, so yeah, Venom, um, Venom still needs a little work on the costume. I feel like that is a black body suit with face stuff sewn on. That's what we got going on. There we, we a, go. All right. Yeah, we, we have a hoodie with a uh, the front of the hoodie like sewn on with the venom mask, like the mm-hmm. ven- the venom face. Uh, the tongue we are not doing because we figured that might just be too hard to do. Like too that uh, would fall off. I feel like very yeah, easily. That tongue is really can, big, but I, I can almost see like a paper mache tongue. But then how do you like? hold it in the mouth that doesn't quite yeah you need like an armature uh the other thing too is like when you're in school that you can't have masks covering your face the whole time so that whole thing would have to come off um a bot we my wife sewed him a muscle suit for underneath to give him a a little bulk you know uh like a homemade one 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like it's like a you know uh, some bunting and stuff sewn into pockets on a shirt to make him muscly, and um, and then he's got the Venom logo on the front. We'll see how it all works out. You know, it's Venom's got strange eyeballs. Venom's eyeballs. You know, also Venom is one of those characters that has every depiction of Venom looks different. You know, like right. This, this Venom is like, you know, the eyeballs kind of go almost straight up to the top of uh, Venom's head. These, they go out a little bit. If you were to say, like, what are the defining characteristics of Venom, what would you say? Tongue. Yep. Slobber. Yeah. A lot uh, of weird black sort of goop kind of coming off of various parts of his yeah, body. Like, like like Spider-Man, but slimy. Like bulky, though, right? Like Very like, bulky. bulky. Eddie Brock is supposed to be a very bulky guy. Is yeah. he? Wait, Tom- really? Tom Hardy, just bulky. Dude, well, that makes in that the makes, comics he is. I was gonna say like that makes that Topher Grace casting even more ridiculous. <laughs> I did not know that. There were a lot of things about Spider-Man Three that maybe did not hold together super well. That being <laughs> mm, one of them. Mm. Uh, but I think Tom Hardy is actually like a good middle ground. Like he's he's yeah. he's a little beefy, but he's not like a muscle-bound freak. He's not the Rock. Uh, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that one goes out. My, my kids are, are uh, bless them. They're good sports. They understand that we are trying to do some homegrown costumes mm-hmm. and they, my daughter, are a little more critical of that stuff. My son is just like, I get what you're going for. It's, it's a, Hey, it's okay. You guys, they, <laughs> like, you're doing your best. Yeah. Do they, do they still make the, the off the shelf costumes that are just like rigid plastic mask and mm-hmm. just a like flat plastic smock that just has like the rest of the costume like printed on it my man that is like 30 percent of spirit halloween's business is that is that that, also what the fuck is spirit halloween i I feel like that is an internet meme that has completely passed me do you not know what it is no oh wait do you not have them in san francisco is it like the dollars is like the uh seasonal store that pops up sells yeah that's exactly what it is it's a thing that takes up Empty retail space, and much like uh, you know, the the symbiote Venom takes <laughs> over a human host. It takes over that retail space for exactly two months out of the year. There is there is one there is one around Dog Patch, which not a place I get to very often. Okay, especially Venom, these days. Venom also turn into a Christmas store after <laughs> Halloween, a Christmas. Uh, 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 accoutrement and uh, I think Venom's store. on the naughty list. I'm afraid. Ah, uh, poor Venom. Uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But it, it, you know, kids have like that costume stuff. The costume has to survive a decent amount of stuff, right? It's got to survive mm-hmm. like a school thing, trick or treating, um, possibly like a, a little party or something like that. So it's got to make it through uh, uh, like a week, a long weekend of use, which is tough. You can't just sew the kid into the costume and then cut him out at the end. It's got to be removable in ways where kids can sit at desks and do things and that's right you got a candy quota to hit the thing's gotta it's gotta make it it's gotta last make it until you fill up that sack uh sack of candy so anyway that's that's gonna be this weekend along with some other stuff uh of uh there's a trunk or treat and then a trick or treat a trunk or treat Hmm. where um this started last year for covid but um you go to a parking lot and people kind of give out candy from their trunks that's creative Uh, yeah, so you don't have to go to the house, but I think they're doing it again this year. But I think we're also going to do door to door trick or treating this year. Yeah, let's just let's just double the candy. How I don't know why, getting, uh, but that uh, just made me think of like all those scenes in like every Fast and Furious movie where it's like all the people are hanging out in the, in the parking lot with their cars and the trunks are open and all the speakers. Yeah, but it's just it's all those race race kings and queens, mm-hmm. but they've got candy in the trunk. They've got candy. When they hit the base, the candy rattles on the on the trunk, and, it and Vin Diesel is up. there presiding right. over the candy distribution. Dom Dom Toretto, big candy guy, I bet. Yes, oh, Dom, Dom Toretto would 
if if Dom Toretto here's that scene really in my head. Some other like person comes over and tries to like take a Jolly Rancher, and Dom grabs his wrists and like for the kids, you know, only for the kids. Get out of here! It's about the yeah. kids. Yeah, it's that's right. Family. That's right. And then the kids have like they're racing, and then the kids have like a little go kart track where they're racing with like little Nas, like uh, yes, like, little Nas, but also not, little not Nas. little Nas X, yeah, but little, 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 Nas. little Nas, and then a little mm-hmm. Nas. Yes, uh, they have little boosters and like pew, and they're racing for for pink slips over there. It's all, and then there's like it's little all good fun toddlers that have like uh, a little like uh, Hot Wheels cars, and they're racing big wheels. Mer- uh, happy holidays from the family. Let's get, yes. some, get some get some nitrous on those big wheels. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, speaking of the big wheels, the, the wheels of gaming continue to turn and releases keep a coming, uh, big wheel, keep on turning, uh, proud publishers keep on. They get that song. They have, (laughs) I would not be shocked if that song is on the sound. They got a lot. They didn't get that one. We're talking of course about guardians of the galaxy. The the Please, Guardians Marvel's are back. Guardians Sorry, of Marvel's, Marvel's Guardians of the, Val- the Galaxy of the video game. That's right. I don't, I don't think that's actually in the title. MGOTG, as it, it is be. abbreviated in my install folder. Uh, first thing I will say, I'm playing on the Epic Game Store, and before we talk about what the game is, I was digging into the directory, and there was this weird readme doc in there that I just had to click on because it was called How to Run Sushi Build. Text. <laughs> Uh, or txt in the folder and i was like what the fuck is this thing i don't know what leftover cruft this is from porting this thing over but it is basically you open it up it says how to run sushi build and then it's got entries for pc ps4 xbox 360 and then a a to-do that reads Replace Xbox 360 by Xbox one section once it's supported that's man Uh, that is that makes me want to go download that game just to dig into that stuff and see me what too. else is in there. It is clearly the instructions are things like turn on the Xbox <clears> dev <throat> kit and from the dashboard browse to the apps.engine. Uh, underscore release EEX or XEX file and hit a other controller to launch the game if there are multiple versions, etc. etc. Finally, I, I think now I, I know how to hack the Xbox 360. <laughs> I think I remember those dot XEX files from like the 360 dev kits or the you know, <laughs> debug consoles we had back in the day. I went and looked. I when you talking about that stuff, I went and confirmed this is an IDOS Montreal game. Yes. And I wonder I wonder if this is just built on their existing engine that they were using for like Deus Ex on the 360 or something. Like I assume this is just leftover stuff from when they were making 360 games. That's so weird. It's that, so wild. But that just made it into like a public How, publicly <laughs> available installed retail game, you know. I, I like it has to be some kind of f- just file organizer thing at this time to have survived, right? Like, hey, this just oh, yeah. dumps your build into folders that are okay for a PC thing because th- we're talking a decade plus for this thing to not get pulled out of something. Mm-hmm. Also, I should say the launcher for the PC build, or at least the Epic Game Store build, which I have to imagine is similar to the Steam build. Of, I don't know for sure. Is like pretty. It's not the best part of that game. A it's pretty of, bare bones. A bit of a throwback. Yeah, you hit the options thing and it opens this like text dialogue or like this other dialogue thing that's like with pull downs that are like, which graphics card are you using? What, like, what do you want to per- turn on here? Oh, a launcher. Yeah, a launcher. Anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy. Alex, you've played a bunch of it. Yes. Well, give me your top level. What do you okay. think? Okay. 
Well, so top level, I will say coming into this, I had zero expectation for this thing at all. Uh, I like the Guardians movies. I have read a few of the comics over the years, but I was not a big Guardians reader back in the day. And just the tone of the trailers did not inspire great confidence in me. And I do have a couple of quibbles with certain aspects of the final product, but I will say by and large, I have been pleasantly surprised. Um, Uh, I have enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it's so... The key thing here is if you have played a triple A action game from, I'm going to say, between 2009 and now, at least eight of those big games have found their way into this one or aspects of them. Can you name any of them? Yes. There is a certain amount of Uncharted in there. Uh, There is a certain amount of Mass Effect 2 and 3 in there. Uh, There is a certain amount of, I'd say, like, you know... I just big big God, God of War is in uh, God yeah. of War, yeah. Right, like yeah. the can most I, recent I, trip, God of War. Can I pull out mechanics from those examples? Sure. Is, yeah. is, it, yeah. is it is it climbing from Uncharted? It's a lot of climbing and like traversal and like okay. also sliding. There's a lot set, of like sliding design. Uh, like, for, yeah. for for Mass Effect, is it is it walking around a spaceship <laughs> and having conversations with people? It's that, and it is also a little bit of the commanding your teammates to do stuff oh, thing. Oh, okay. So um, that was like, I, 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 you guys have played this game. I have not, but watching those E3 demos, like, I, I'm super not a Guardians fan, mm-hmm. but the combat stuff that they showed back at E3 seemed like the one thing that might be kind of interesting to me in this was, like, there is a bit of a, what, like, a breaking breaking enemies' guards and staggering them kind of thing, and, like, mm-hmm. teammate, teammate interaction and stuff, so, like... Hearing that there's, like, squad mechanics in this is kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I'll get to the action in a second. I think there's some clunky parts of it, but I think what they are going for is interesting. Um, but there's also, and I, I guess maybe I should have expected this, there's also kind of a nod to the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game in there, in that there is a a sort of uh, a bit of storytelling stuff in there where, like, you will have choices, and then if you'd make a choice... Rocket will remember that. Rocket yeah, is good. pissed off about that. The team agrees with you on this. That kind of stuff. And yeah. so there's, like I said, they're pulling from a lot of stuff. Are and there, are, I have to ask, are there Paragon Renegade interrupts? No, there is okay. not really a, like, good, bad, but there are definitely, okay. like, choices you can make that will piss off this team member, make this one happy, that sort of thing. Um, But, so, it, the thing is, they are pulling from a lot of different elements. They are not necessarily doing anything super revolutionary here in any aspect of it, but it is all pretty functional, works pretty well together, and they've wrapped it up in a production that they definitely spent a lot of fucking money on, mm. because that is a nice-looking game. Is it really? Yes. I, I the think world design, especially. Even on the PC, I think it is... It is it's... Even... You, you do some flashback stuff... Everything is very dense. Your ship is dense and like with stuff to look at and there's scanning in this game also and you can scan a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also like you get Star-Lord's, there's some flashback stuff so you get Star-Lord's room as a kid in the house and even that is very well modeled and dense. You can smell the cigarette smoke baked into those <laughs> wood panel walls, man. Like did it you? is, yeah. it did feels turn, like an 80s home. Did you turn on any of the ray tracing stuff, Vinny? I what did, yeah. I have it all maxed out, and it still runs pretty well uh, over here. Kind of making me want to download this, despite you should, like, you, I almost, I almost actively have an aversion to Guardians. But. So, so I'll say that the game starts with you listening to their fake uh, metal band, like Star Lord, uh, the yes. metal band, reading the liner notes from the cassette in a fidelity where you can read along with the lyrics of huh. the liner notes, uh, and it's it's like well done. Their '80s stuff is well done. Like they they, they know. 
what a Hesher from 1986 <laughs> is supposed to look like. A dude in a jean vest with a mullet. Like, that is that is who Peter Quill is before he goes on to become Star-Lord, and sure. they they nail that aspect of it. You're kind of you're selling me a little bit. And the bit. mom, like, uh, good yes, job. the mom is great. The mom with the big hair. I think I think the uh, Peter Quill's younger voice is like something about it is isn't matching the look. It's like too nice. I think. Yeah, I mean he's supposed to be kind of like a little the bit of a dweeb. weakling. Like he's yeah. getting bullied by kids, but you know he loves his music. He retreats into his <laughs> albums, and I think that's that's something I can kind of relate to. I like adult Peter Quill less, and it's less? not oh, okay. So here's the thing: it, it's it's not a bad performance, but it's a little flat. Like he's definitely supposed to be a little bit of like kind of a, a a pleasant meathead, like a guy who is maybe not the brightest, but definitely cares a lot and is trying his best. It's just something about the affect in the performance that just comes off a little. I I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly. Like the thing I keep comparing it to is the fucking Hank's best friend on Venture Brothers. Like he just has that kind of like it's he's not sneering, but it just has that tone to it. Sure. I don't yeah. know. There's just something a little off. I don't I, know. I, I I like it, but I understand what you're saying. It's. It feels a little less like um, like a, a voice actor doing the role than your friend doing an impression of the voice actor yes. doing the role, and and like I, I get that. But everybody else, and, and you know, this is obviously coming off of Guardians of the Galaxy, the, a major Marvel motion picture. So you're gonna run into trouble there in terms of what people's perceptions are. But I think they did a great job in threading that line between what you've seen and being <laughs> distinctly different enough yeah. to not get into trouble. Uh, yeah, let me I, be clear. I am not a Chris Pratt. Like I, it's not that I, he's my only star Lord or anything like that has nothing to do with that. And in fact, I think the Drax and the rocket here are both really excellent. Like both really those good. performances are really strong, you know, and reminiscent of the movie versions, but I also like but the own thing. in this. Uh, I, I like actually the, the whole crew, and you better like them because they never stop talking. No, <laughs> ever. There's not a moment of silence in that. Game. So, so that is kind of the the key thing here. I haven't finished the game. I don't know like where all its themes come together or if they don't. But I will say right now, my feeling about this game is that the only th like in between the, the like around the whiteboard where they drew a bunch of circles around other game titles that they wanted to pull stuff from, there is just a big word in the center that just says you have to like these characters. That's <laughs> it. That is what this game is about hmm. is just everything is dedicated to trying to make you like them as hard as possible. And sometimes it just goes a little too far with that stuff. Yeah. So, like, there's a huge banter system in the game, basically. Like, they will constantly comment on things that you do, paths that you take, places that you go as Star-Lord. Like, if you go off the beaten path to go collect something or whatever, someone will be like, where the fuck is he going? Or, yeah. far, sorry, Flark is he going? Yeah, it's all um, a lot of Flark. A <laughs> yeah. lot of Flark. Is that, a, is that an existing thing. Guardians thing? Yeah, there's a lot of fake cursing in it. Okay. Wait. Um, okay. All right. I'll I'll just go with it. There was one, it. there was one of those that made me actually chuckle a little bit, where I think Rocket was like talking to the other people, like there goes Star Lord again. And then he's gonna be like, "Ooh, I found these little scrappy upgrade parts. You guys should all come over here and check this out." Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, that is pretty much what I'm." <laughs> yeah. To do. But so the the issue I run into is that I think there's just too much of it, and I, not it's in a, a just a they're talking constantly way, but they actually talk over each other a bunch. <laughs> And sometimes they will cancel out each other's dialogue in a way that is not conducive to you understanding what the fuck they're talking about. And it just gets a little clunky there. And you also get a little bit of that with the, um, what is it, the the huddle system. So in the combat, when you were fighting, you were playing a Star-Lord exclusively. And mostly he just uses his dual pistols. You get some additional abilities over time. But primarily he's just running around shooting dudes and then occasionally punching them. 
but you're commanding the other your other teammates to use their specials on specific enemies um or you know trying to it, some of them like Groot has a thing where he just like can make a bunch of enemies not move any for a while and yeah. you can all just hammer on them whereas like Gamora and and Drax are much more about just like just wailing on they, people they actually have like pretty standard video game convention like uh, the first time you're introduced to their specials they're like they're like this is Groot you know he's the last of the super fauna whatever whatever they call him but then he's like he's going to be your uh he's going to be your crowd control character and then yeah. like for Drax he's like this is Drax he's a blah 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 and then at the bottom it'll be like he's going to be the one to do major stun damage or uh, uh what do they call it um is it is it stun damage it's, I think it is it. uh and then uh Gamora is basically a rogue right she just does yeah. heavy damage so Warrior they rogue yeah they go into yeah. your archetypes pretty is it quickly. stagger Stagger, I think it is stagger damage. Yeah, stagger, okay. stagger damage. Yeah, I remember yes. that from E3. But is so, there, is there like progression on anybody, you know, Star Lord or the party members? Like, is there loot or XP or like so? Skill there's trees? there's a couple of things. There's a very light crafting system which you just use to add perks to Star Lord. Um, and there's not a huge number of them. It's not a huge skill tree or anything. And the other thing is that you do get these uh upgrade points which you can use to unlock new special abilities for yourself and for other characters. Uh, Sorry, you were talking three, about e, uh, there's three or four I think for each character. You were talking about the huddle thing, and then but the, yeah, so the huddle yeah. thing, all of this is sort of building up a meter that gets you to a point where you can enact your special, which is this huddle thing. And so anywhere in combat, you press L1 and R1 uh, after playing with the controller, and so it just stops the combat dead in its tracks. And there's a little cutscene where everyone kind of huddles in close, and you know depending on what the other characters say you're given a couple of dialogue options for a rallying speech that will either they'll ignore it if you get it wrong and they'll just go on about their business or if you get it right it basically lets them spam their specials a whole bunch mm -hmm. and while that happens one of the two dozen licensed songs will start blaring over whatever you're doing so you're in the middle of a big combat sequence and then suddenly wang chung's everyone have fun tonight starts playing okay it's not which bad. is fun hang on i just i started to ask what they got but i'm just gonna pull up a list it is almost all 80s with a couple of 70s i think or very very early 80s songs uh my problem while you're looking that up i'll just say my only problem with this system not that there isn't it isn't cool that there's a big build-up and in, in special thing the pacing of it is a little weird <laughs> like just stopping everything and those cutscenes maybe run a little long also the way the combat encounters are designed if they didn't kick in with that licensed song, it would not be interesting at all. Like it's mm. the, the combat is mm. not exciting enough on its own for those big moments to hit. If there isn't fucking the final countdown playing behind it, you know. Also, so I've got the list here, and I don't like a good half of these. I don't think have the kind of like pump you up rallying effect that the final countdown does. Mm, for right. example, "Hanging Tough" by New Kids on the Block. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Is that actually in there? Yes, I haven't, it, heard, I haven't heard it yet, but uh, uh, there's yes. music. There's music playing constantly as you're walking around the ship. They are. It is yes. background. It is all over the. Place. And there's like twelve songs by that fake Star Lord band in there as well. Um, this is I, a pretty good solid '80s list, though. I, oh, it's I think, good. I, I think the combat. I have found the combat to be pretty fun. Uh, it's frantic and hectic though, and it could get out of control very quickly as soon as there's a ton of characters on. To the point where sometimes I'm just spamming all three supers at the same time just to clear a room or to like there is there is comboing right you want right. to try and you want to have synergy between your your things you want to 
you know, you want to root everybody with Groot and then maybe hit hit them all with Rocket's AoE attack. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you want to stagger somebody so you can get a final kill in or stagger them to have Gamora go in and get them. There's like some enemies won't take damage until they're staggered. So there is a bit of tactical combat. But when there's like 10 enemies on the screen in a small arena, it very much, and you have a dodge, right? You have a pretty nimble dodge. You're just trying to get away and sometimes just spamming stuff as quickly as you can. Uh, and that's when I found it to be like, okay, this feels a little like I'm <laughs> not the elegant space war ballet that maybe this should be and more of a spam Drax. Spam, until, spam, spam. Yeah. yeah. Are, they, are so, they all there at all times? Like you're not choosing like two to bring with you or something like that? There are certain times when like, say, Rocket is like in the middle of hacking something that he will not participate in combat or something like that. But they are uh, the team, at least from what I played, like where I am, I think I'm midway through like chapter six or something. and. I've all the other team members just split off, but also I'm not doing combat right now. I'm just walking around a space station. So maybe they'll just bring them back when it's time for combat. I don't know. But like they have not done anything major with like you being on your own. Uh, it's I, I found it fun. I think the there's a part where you're um, you're kind of running around with a, a little kid or, or a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was actually really a well done in terms of the performance and the, and since it looks good, the facial animations really conveyed a lot and there's personality there, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. It's more than I was a little afraid seeing in the preview stuff that everything was looking a little flat, but I think they worked, they worked it out in a way where these characters are, are becoming more than, you know, their cliches and their, you know, their, their archetypes in the combat. And that's work. That's working for me. But they do banter quite a bit. They there's and you get <laughs> maybe this is telling. While they're bantering, you have the option to sometimes interject and pick an option or side with somebody, or just shut up. You could just mm-hmm. let it go and just not interject at all and just keep moving on because uh, it's happening constantly. Yeah, uh, a lot of scanning, a lot of collectible finding, a lot of poking around under the waterfall for that extra upgrade piece. Uh, you get this visor really from the beginning of the game that lets you see where collectibles are. Then pretty early on, you can get a, another power up that just tells you when there's a collectible on the map, mm-hmm. which is also helpful. Yeah. And I'll just say, you know, for as look, it, the game looks amazing, I think that the environments are fantastic and they're v- varied too. like each area. Each chapter is a fairly different vibe in general. Um like the one I just got to, it is straight up like it's the Citadel like market area. Like it is just a million different aliens all hanging out in a, you know, sort of like a big marketplace. And it's kind of cool. They know they know what people want from a game like this. And I think that they've mostly hit there. It is also extremely linear in a way that like okay. I, that I don't hate necessarily. Like in the way that a lot of Guardian stuff is kind of about nostalgia in a weird way. This does feel like a throwback to like, say an era of 360 games that, you know, I think you would probably have played this in 2008, 2009 and said, this is a really good 360 game. Um, there are a few alternate paths you can kind of go down here and there, but the actual like moving is just very on rails. Like you have mm. places you need to go, things you need to do. And that is pretty much it. And all the story beats and mission, that, like that was my big question. My final big question was because you have this spaceship and there is some mass effect in there. If there was any like freedom of movement, but it sounds like I assume even the missions are, it's just all pretty in, in, much just go to the next thing. You, you go where they tell you to. So, yeah. so the thing I'm not sure of, and maybe Alex, we can compare notes at some point, is they do give you some choice stuff within a mission, 
but I don't know if it funnels you back into exactly the same place, just with some different uh, variables, you know, checked like differently. This character might be more pissed off at you if you yeah. go this way than another. Yeah, right. Like, um, you know, uh, they showed some of this during E three, but you know, hey, you choose the side with this character. This character, you're going to choose your plan based around this character. This character is that plan always going to succeed or will it fail? Um, all the time, I, I don't know. I suspect to get to the next story beats, they have to funnel you back somehow. So, uh, but I'm not exactly sure. You know, there's. I've definitely got a lot of a rocket will remember this, you know, mm-hmm. Gamora will remember this. Um, but you know, I, I think that stuff is interesting. So it, it is definitely, Oh my gosh, it is way throwback to uncharted is probably the thing that comes to mind a lot of, Hey, we're stuck in this area until we beat these enemies in this combat arena. Cause the last enemy is going to burst through the wall and open up right. the next path for us. Or, um, Gamora, uh, you also use your, your, your teammates for environmental puzzles. So it'd be like Gamora, uh, jump up there and cut this vine, or uh, Drax, move this Pikmin, uh, Pikmin style, move this thing from over here to over here, or um, I figure out Rocket hacks doors, yes. group makes bridges. So you, you you do in the environment to call. It's very them. simple stuff for the mm-hmm. most part. Like it's usually very plainly obvious which one you should be using. Uh, yeah, and again, while you're doing all that, the banter, baby. Yeah. I, I think people's tolerance for that will absolutely vary. And I, yes. like I said, I think if they can patch it to a degree where some of that dialogue is not overwriting itself, it will become a little more tolerable. I think, I think the big broad strokes of the story are more interesting than like a lot of sort of the background dialogue. I think that the stuff on the ship is good and the stuff in the main plot is good, but the, like the yelling at each other while you're on the ground and doing level stuff is like less great. And I think that the volume of that <laughs> is maybe my one sticking point. I, th- I think if you have seen Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm someone who's seen the movies but not really known the franchise outside of that. If you've seen the movies, it's got that tone to it. Yes. Um, I-, I don't know if that means the movie nailed the tone of the other material or if I, the comics is- were, from what little I remember of the comics, like the movies are very much in the same okay. vein. So, like, if you don't like Drax's sense of humor or what makes him funny, then you probably won't enjoy that character here. Um, you know, if you don't enjoy Rocket Raccoon from the movies, then you probably wouldn't enjoy him here. But because they all have that same tone. And that being said, I did, so I think I think it's working for me for the most part, and and it's fun, or yeah. at least so far has been fun. They're just a, they're just a bunch of fun loving guys and gals ready to flark shit up. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Wait, is there is there a stand in for shit as well? Uh, s- scratch, 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 scratch. scratch. There there is. Scratch? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. There's Flark and like scratch or something. <laughs> and there's some... another one that's another stand-in. Oh, I don't remember what it is though. Really dumb. It's yeah. really dumb, gonna, but I think gonna... that is from the comics. Um, Ready to Flark scrat up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll say again, like it's just it's a pleasant surprise. I went in with like zero expectation for this thing at all, and I'm one impressed with how much money they threw at this thing, <laughs> and two pleasantly surprised that most of that seems to have come together into a pretty good action game experience. Yep, I agree. I'll agree with that. I, I I'll finish like it. it. Like I, at this point, I want to see where it get, where it goes. The only thing that it, 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 I, it sounds like, I mean, you guys are painting it in a way better light than that E3 demonstration. I think I yes. didn't like that E3 demo at all. It really, it really was not the best showing of that game. And this sounds kind of a lot stronger than that. Uh, I, the only thing that I am having a little trouble with narratively is, um, they do not go out of their way to explain stuff uh, in that universe. And so if you don't have a lot of back 
round knowledge or they're giving it away. They're kind of, you know, breadcrumbing you, breadcrumb trail you there with some Star Lord stuff. But there's a lot you'll just have. They keep referencing a war that happened that I'm like, I. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Chitari. There was the Galactic War. There was the whole thing with the, the with Thanos. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot like, of Thanos talk. Yeah. Of like, oh, like Drax killed Thanos. Like, OK. Like, if you say so, like, like there's a lot I think of that's stuff. true. I think that's what happened in the comics. I've, yeah, I have so- not seen the actual last two Avengers <laughs> movies, so I don't remember how that wound, wound up. But uh, in the comics, I'm pretty sure Drax is the one that killed Thanos. Uh, so, like, you know, all that stuff. Um is referenced there in ways that you're like, sure. Like, I mean, it is a big backdrop of the, of at least the parts I have played in this game. So, yeah. uh, you know, they do give you bios and dossiers and stuff, and I need to dig into more of that. In, and you get a bag. decent amount of it in the uh, ship conversations. Like, when mm-hmm. you sit down and talk to the characters, they give you a lot of, like, background on where they came from, how they ended up with the team and all that stuff. You get Rocket's kind of tragic backstory. You get Gamora's, uh, too. Gamora's is, oh, a, is, okay. is pretty pretty good i have not gotten well i don't know how they're going to handle the group one uh <laughs> but i the only question i have for you Vinny, is did you pick the llama or did you pick the parts i picked the llama of well, course I you pick, did i put the llama in the stove yeah you see you saved the llama yeah yeah okay I, pe- I did pet the llama um i did have a nice part where uh, i was uh, for some reason groot was with me when i was going to get a collectible away from everybody else and he just it was like a talk to groot and he just goes Groot, you're a pretty cool guy. <laughs> he goes, I am Groot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, Groot is a pretty cool guy. Groot is a pretty cool guy. I like that. Yeah. You know, he's a little one note, but he gets the job done. Yeah. 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 No, there's so, layers to Groot. You just don't know. I don't. I don't. Layers yeah, of it's, bark. It's, uh, it, it is, uh, I think it is, you know, if I were giving this, like, from what I have played so far on a hundred point scale, it would probably just be a solid, like, 85 so far. Like, it is, it is feeling good. Like yeah. it is a, feeling like a fun game. I will f- for sure finish this one because it's, it also feels like it moves pretty gingerly. Like I'm not getting hung up too many places. It is, it is combat arenas. Mm-hmm. You, you, you hit a, you, you navigate an environment until you hit a circular empty room and then you fight a bunch of guys and then you navigate the environment some more. So, Guardians of the galaxy is it available pretty much everywhere, including with the switch cloud version. Which you can get. I've never played anything on that cloud version. I don't know if, if people have tried it and to see what it's like. But I'll just say if you have one of the new consoles, that's maybe the route I would go because it looks mm. pretty nice on the PS5. Or, or PC. Yeah, yeah, PC with a decent um, graphics card. Like I said, I have everything turned up and it seems to be running okay for me. Probably dropping frames, but I, I'm not noticing too, too much. I mean, there is some hinky stuff in it in places where uh, I had to load a checkpoint once because uh, it just got caught in a dialogue thing that wouldn't progress. So some weird, weird graphical stuff here and there, but for the most part, pretty solid. Uh, not the only other thing though, the Marvel empire, not the only other thing dominating the game space mm. towards the end of the month. There is another, yeah. there is another. Empire. There is. Mm. There is another. <laughs> That's right. The creepiest of empires. <laughs> Just wheel out all the accents. <laughs> Age of empires. Age of empires. The, the fourth. The fourth. The fourth, but my first. The, 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 believe it, believe it or it not. really? Believe it or not, as much as I was like the RTS guy, I've never played an Age of Empires game before this. Like, I've seen them a little bit here and there. But, but I've, got, I've got great news for you then. Yes. This tutorial will teach you how to play. This long tutorial will teach you how tutorial. to play an, an RTS game. That was a lot, it, was, it was a long tutorial that didn't really teach me anything. I don't already know about an RTS, <laughs> except uh-huh. that... 
it really drove home the point that, wow, Age of Empires is an RTS-ass RTS, <laughs> which, like, I don't know what I expected, but for some reason, I've always conflated AoE and Civ in my mind a little bit. Oh, to the very point different. That Oh, of course, yeah, but like I just you know it's it's just that it's a very like dumbing down of like oh these are both historically themed mm. they're probably similar, um, but getting in there and doing that tutorial and realizing that like straight up most of my muscle memory from StarCraft Two still applies to this game mm. I was like I know what this is I'm just like drag selecting and binding to numbers and like grouping and queuing actions you know like like shift queuing and stuff like that like it's just kind of that right. Mm-hmm. Th- so there were two things that I was felt weird in that kind of muscle memory way. One is I, for the life of me, just wanted to rotate those buildings as I was putting them down mm. and could not figure out a way to rotate the buildings. I don't know if it's in there. I went through the key bindings. I couldn't find it. For some reason, I just wanted to rotate like the mill around and have it face the other way. Damn it. Uh, the other thing is, and I'm sure maybe as like a Starcraft, someone more familiar with competitive RTS I like to move the map around with WASD and they have it by default map to the arrow keys and they use the, you know, top row over there, uh, for shortcuts for building shortcuts. Is that, is that just kind of standard competitive RTS? I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely default in most every game that I know of, but I don't, I don't know what the pros do to be honest. Mm-hmm. I've actually kind of always wondered about that myself. Cause like moving the camera around by dragging the mouse to the borders of the screen is not the most efficient, right? Yeah, that feels too slow for but, me. But, like, in a pro scene, like, your fingers are hotkeying non-fucking stops, so maybe that's the only option they have. I don't actually know. Hmm. Oh, um, I uh, I did the tutorial, and I did the first um, of the, hey, welcome to Age of Empires 4, you should probably start yeah, this campaign thing. So the tutorial is like, okay, this is an RTS. You're building a town hall and peons and mining gold yeah. and lumber and yeah. barracks and all that shit. But then, Spear beats horse, horse beats archer. But, but then the, <laughs> the campaign is very different. I mean, I'm sure it gets to that. I'm sure there's plenty of actually, you know, base building and drag selecting eventually. But man, is that game just a history channel, like a basic cable history documentary? I love it. Like, I kind of am also into it. It's really cheesy. I mean, when like, do they get to the ancient aliens? Uh, it's probably a little okay. later. If they take that turn, then I definitely love this game. Okay. <laughs> They're playing it pretty straight so far. I mean, it starts off with, like, the, you know, the 1066 Norman conquest of England. But, like, the narrator lady, like, there's a shitload of FMV. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a bunch of, like, computerized recreations of ancient battles. <laughs> like, they've even got the, like, maybe, Vinny, you know what this is called? Like, the, what is that, what is that video effect when, like, you've got, like, a slow tracking shot and all, all of a sudden at the end it speeds up dramatically? Oh, the speed ramp. Speed yeah. ramp? Is that a speed I think, ramp? I, I think I would call that a speed ramp. Or okay. it, it does the, like, or does the, uh, yeah, or it does the reverse where it's going and then it just slows down and yes. hits the brakes. Yes. And it goes, like it is it is the most like we gotta we gotta punch this thing up like cable yeah like basic yeah. cable history documentary effect to me oh my it's gosh like, they have so many so goofy so many sweeteners on the sound if you watch that again listen for the sound effects because everything goes every shot even if it's just a focus in will go Boof. yes Boof. yes Boof. it's it's kind of goofy but they had a fucking video of people building a real castle yeah man for like, like the last for 20 years with with modern people i didn't know this was happening and i was fascinated by it like the the video looks like they spent a lot of money on it yeah like it really and i assume there's a lot of it because that campaign it looks like it's pretty long and they have like videos at the front and back of every mission as far as i can tell i know there's a trebuchet video in there somewhere it was teased no but Uh, 
But then, like the lady, the lady even narrates over the campaign battles, like as you go through them. Like I'm sure that dies down a little bit too. But like, mm-hmm. like you're straight up moving your hero unit, who is William the Conqueror, yeah, to go fight King Harold, and she's like chiming in, going like, you know, it's like it's William, William fainted a retreat to break the shield wall of of the English of the Anglo Saxons. Like it's just real. That must. High, I, it's kind of highfalutin and goofy as you're playing through these like dumb RTS battles. And I was doing so poorly on that that uh, she just kept being like, and then more reinforcements are <laughs> And then more reinforcements. You just get the arrived. same voice sample. Like, it's like, all right, she's run out of ways to say reinforcements arrived. <laughs> more reinforcements arrived. It's time, time to wrap this thing up. Uh, yeah, that maybe that goes away after some of the more scripted stuff. I don't know. But I, I didn't play much past that. And, and that was another kind of just felt more, again, of a rock, paper, scissors tutorial of like, okay. Use your cavalry to take down their archers, and you can't take down their archers yes. unless it you is, do that. It is very cavalry, you know, shieldmen, archers, yeah. that type stuff. Like I, the, what I've seen about later in the game, like this is very much more Age of Empires. The the thing that shocked me, or I have not played it. Age of Empires two was the one I spent a lot of time in, but um, the spearmen were just burning down stuff. They have like throwable torches, and they're just burning. Uh, um, settlements and villages and wooden fences down and that felt new and a lot faster than i feel like it had been in my memory of age of empires kind of which brutal. might be wrong like you're yeah. rolling through just torching everybody's living space like well it's weird in the tutorial they're like okay the enemy has a stable you need to destroy the stable and the stable will be in the middle of their town so you're like okay everybody attack the stable and then when they're idling your enemies will just start torching the rest of the town in this kind of really <laughs> disturbing, Damn. like, hey, guys, why don't you just, just stop? They're just burning the farmland down. Human history is fucking bloody. But then, have, but then you have to rebuild the same thing on top of it, which was also yeah. a little weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like, oh, just go in there and do the stables. But uh, RTS, very... Real-time strategy. Yeah, I, I might, I might so go online with it once I get a little more time on it. Like it's not since Starcraft two have I had a good competitive RTS <laughs> in my life, and I kind of want to try that out. Yeah, but, it's, it's it seems very modernized. Um, yeah, yeah, but pretty familiar, streamlined. But, yeah, but honestly, it's really it's that documentary stuff that is the thing that's most interesting to me. Like as somebody who has not spent nearly as much time in Europe in my life as I would like. Mm. Like I have no experience of all those like extant castles from a thousand years ago across England, right? And there's like. Those videos are just full of like drone shots and recreations and all kinds of cool stuff. It is, you're 100% right. It is like cable TV documentary split out. Yeah. Like, did did you get to the mission where you're marching on York to put down a rebellion? No, no. There's this like shot after the, and there's a shot of like actual modern day York with just this fucking like medieval castle in the middle of it on a hill. (laughs) Like it's in the middle of the town square. I'm like, man, I wish my town had a thousand year old castle in the middle of it. That's so cool. What did the what does that first one start with for that mission? It's like it's a little overly wrought too. Like some scars of history are are left on the battlefield. Oh yes, <laughs> like some 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 historical events <laughs> leave no trace on the landscape. Or something yeah, like, that. It's like, like shots like, of like slow motion crows flying yes, and like oh my gosh, <laughs> it is very it's very cheesy, dramatic in a fun way that I kind of appreciate. Uh, the other thing I really liked about it that I will say stood out to me. I like the build animation. It's got this, um, sped up when you're building a structure, this kind of sped up, um, ghost images of people building things happening that I really like. It's got almost like an architectural drawing coming to life. 
uh, effect on the buildings that I actually really enjoyed. I think they did a good job with that. Everything kind of has this architectural schematic quality in the build phase, um, which which I think is done pretty well in, yeah. in terms of the the base building. Also, it seems fast, at least in the tutorial. I, 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 fast. Was wondering if I should mention that, like the builds as a Starcraft veteran, like some of the build times seem like shockingly fast. Yeah, it did. They did seem quick. Which, so not complaining. I don't know. I I don't have the prior experience, so I can't say. I, you know, I have seen some reviews from veterans of the series just be like, "Yep, it's more Age of Empires," mm. but not having played a lot of it and with that goofy historical angle, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I definitely have to spend more time in it. I haven't spent that much in it, but it is. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like an RTS game in an age of no RTS games. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that, that alone makes it unique. Not much else going on in that genre. So I will say for my part, you guys talking about the, um, uh, the tutorial stuff, I think that's probably good for someone like me mm-hmm. who is maybe thinking about getting into these. And also just for a whole generation of players who certainly did not grow up playing this stuff the way you guys did. Like there's a whole set of people out there. I'm sure who have never touched an RTS in their <laughs> life and have probably been gaming for years just because there haven't been that many of them, you know, yeah, unless you and, play Starcraft. And this one is on game pass. So like potentially people will be coming to it who don't play a lot of RTSs just because they can, because they're, you know, it's right there in front of them. Like, that's actually that's an interesting point. Like I never thought about how Game Pass availability might affect like design of stuff like tutorials mm. for for games like this that are on there. Like, but, because because there's no barrier to entry, right? It's like well, we've got a lot of people who probably don't play RTS is paying for Game Pass mm. and might download this. We really need to think about how we onboard them. I did not even try. I mean, it's on PC only right now. I don't know if there are any plans to have it come to console. I looked for that. I could not. It's definitely PC only right now. Yeah, like I saw some conflicting info about an Xbox release, but, but but I did not try to plug a controller in. Do I, you know if it supports? I, I doubt it has controller support. Okay, and I wouldn't want to try to use it for that if I could. <laughs> Do you remember the term whip select? Yeah. What game? Yeah. What game was that from? No, it was from from a time when they were trying to do some RTS stuff on consoles, and they were like, "You could whip select all these units." And now, uh, every time I group select units, I always think it's whip select. They call it band select in this game. Storm rise. Is that? <laughs> did you Google whip select? I, just, I absolutely did. I think storm rise might have been it because it also came from the time <laughs> when every, everything was called storm or Here's- front. Here is a, yes, here is an IGN interview from roughly 10 years ago. Stormrise, whip select interview. <laughs> Great. Why, why the creative assembly's whip select is the future of RTS control. Fantastic. That's, I love I it. You know, I don't know if that panned out. I don't well, know. Well, at least, well, if anything, at least we have a, a podcast title or two. That's <laughs> if right. We can work right. whip select into there. Uh, 2021's only whip select podcast. Farkin whip selectors. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, that is uh, a PC. Flarkin, excuse me, Flarkin, Flarkin. Yes, please. Uh, PC and on Game Pass. You can also get it on Steam if you're uh, yes. if you want to go get it on uh, on the Steam store. If you don't have Game Pass. Um, from okay, segue. Let's see. So, um, from the brightest RTS timeline to the darkest one to the darkest dungeon. Mm, yes. I'll go with that. Okay. I'll allow it. Okay. Darkest Dungeon 2. Yes, it is out on uh, the Epic Store as of now as an early access experience. And much as the way Darkest Dungeon 1 was also an early access experience, there's still a fair amount of game here, it seems like. Mm. Um, so this is unmistakably Darkest Dungeon in that it is grim. 
It has that very specific art style, though they have uh, boosted it up a little bit. The models are a little more 3D now, as opposed to like kind of the 2D sort of paper cutout style. Um, and it's still hard as shit. Mm. Um, but the structure is very different. So the original Darkest Dungeon was a game you were going into these, I'm going to say, five-ish different areas uh, sort of around this cursed mansion, this cursed hamlet and taking on various types of monsters that were sort of appropriate to those different places, collecting loot, trying not to... There's a whole sanity meter, so, like, you know, the more stressed out your characters get, they would start to lose it over time. Uh, there was a whole torch mechanic where if you did the lights started dimming, your stress would it would increase. And it was also, again, hard as shit. Um, and, and personality inheritance, or, like, traits, right? Like, you, yes. your, your characters would, would become yes, afflicted there were, with Yes, there were good trait. traits. There were a lot of very bad traits that oh, would right. come around. That's right. There were, like, a lot of phobias you would pick up and stuff like that. Exactly. Phobias, like, medical issues, various things. So this appears to be more of a run-based experience. Um, you are... So the way they drop you in is they start you with four of the character archetypes, and they drop you into a carriage... And that carriage is moving forward along a number of possible set paths. And along the way, you'll even run into, you know, things that help you, like, you know, medical stations. Uh, maybe, like, you'll find a bunch of peasants huddle around a cart that need help, that kind of thing. Or you'll run into enemy encounters where you will get into the fights. And the fights are very similar to Darkest Dungeon 1. They're turn-based. Positioning in within your team matters a lot because certain abilities can only be done if they're, like, say, in position 3 or 4 versus 1 or 2. Um... And, but, so in between, once you get through a whole section, you get to an inn. And at the inn is where you, you can heal, you can add perks and bonuses and other things uh, to them before you go out on the next section. And so that is very different because you're not just kind of stuck in this one place. Like you were kind of moving forward along a path. And I haven't gotten far enough into it to know exactly like what the story is. The narrator's back, which is great. And he's still there saying, like, plenty of, like, incredibly verbose grim shit to you. Mm. Um, though there doesn't seem to be quite as much of it. So I'm wondering if that might be an early access thing where they haven't gotten all the voice acting in yet. Um, but he's definitely there at the beginning. And so it seems like there's a set number of, like, sections you can go through to kind of complete a run. And I don't know if there's, like a bunch of different runs you can do, mm. or if it's like, it really is just meant to be kind of repeated. So you, because you are unlocking like lore and story for each of the different character archetypes. Like sometimes you will get to a section that is like a reflection area, like a temple or something. And then when you select one of your characters, it will give you one chapter in their backstory. Like what happened to them? How did they end up here? That kind of stuff. So wait, are the, are these, are those characters fixed? Like in the first, the first game was like straight up people dying and you just replacing like through a meat grinder, right? Like, weren't you just constantly cycling new characters in? Like, is this more of like, they are named characters that you're stuck with or. So they are named characters and they all fit within the similar archetypes of before. Like there's the rogue, there's the, the guy who's sort of the, the century, there's the plague doctor, all that. Um, I think you can edit them. Like, I think you can edit their names and maybe like the, you know, the, the costume like colors and things like that. But it seems like there is a story for that archetype, whether, you know, like, I don't think the name really matters as much more of just like, this okay. is how the brigand got here. You I know, see. this is okay, the prison that... he broke out of. And here's what happened here. Okay. That makes more sense. I yeah. See. Do, do <clears throat> have you wiped? Do they, do oh, they, yeah. so did you, do you take something with you when you start again? So 
No, I don't think so. Uh, mm. When I started, so I wiped on the first run pretty early because I didn't really understand the perks. I didn't really boost my characters up that much, and I got pretty shredded on the next go around. But the next time I started up, I knew a little bit more about what I was doing, and I'm actually partway through that run now. I have not, I have not wiped on that one yet. Okay, but maybe because I hadn't gotten far enough along or something, but it didn't seem like anything that I had came over with me into the next run. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, you're still pretty early on, right? Yeah, I've played like a couple of hours of it at this okay. point, but I would say if you liked the brutality of Darkest Dungeon <laughs> and you like the art of Darkest Dungeon, both of those things are still very present here. It's just a different approach. Kind of, I'm torn because I did like those things about that game quite a bit, but I also sort of washed out of it faster than I hoped because it was really hard. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is that that first game, the difficulty spike at the end is so insane that I totally understand why people would have just bombed out of that. Like the the last section of that game is a nightmare, even mm. on top of the nightmare the rest of the game is. Yeah. I, I hope they balance that a little better yeah. here. Yeah. That series is cool though. I still remember the first time I saw that on a demo kiosk at PAX and just like from a distance it was like, wow, that looks cool as shit. Yeah, and the combat's still great. Like, that's the thing I really got into was just sort of noodling around in the combat, and that still feels good here. And I I don't know if this is true, but it felt like one of the first games that had that personality stuff. I remember it being talked about in in Darkest Dungeon as a a novel thing, and a lot of games have since done that. It was definitely the big sort of claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do we know the actual planned date on this or is it just a tbd when we're done now i think the only thing they had announced up to this point was that the the early access would be coming this year so but yeah i if it's anything like the last one i'd say we're looking at probably about a year okay i like the art yeah still looks great yeah uh all right i'm gonna say it's here we are about to move into spoiler territory Uh oh ye gods see you later we are going to, I'm, I'm officially marking it. I'm putting the chapter marker in right now that says spoilers here. There will okay. be spoilers. Beware. Here, here, be spoilers. There be spo- yes. Yes. You guys, okay. We got there. You have been um, forewarned. Spoilers are about to happen. I'll say it one more time. Spoilers are about to happen. Uh, we are going to talk about inscription with some of the story stuff in inscription. We are going to talk about Metroid Dread and the ending uh, of Metroid Dread. So if you do not want to hear those conversations, I would recommend come back after the break. How will you know when that is? Well, you can look at the chapter markers. They're hopefully, or the time codes that are embedded with this podcast. Hopefully it will give you a rough sense or a very accurate sense of when that is. If not, I don't know. You're going to have to skip ahead a little bit. That's right. Um, Listen at your own risk. But this part will have spoilers in it. You will get spoiled. You might get soaked. If (laughs) that's right. (laughs) If you just jumped ahead and hit like a skip thing, trying to make this longer than 15 to 30 seconds towards the end of Darkest Dungeon, and you hit that skip 15 seconds ahead, this is for you. Spoilers (laughs) are about to happen. All right, Uh, right, you did the 15 second offset. Now let's do the 30 second. uh Just carry wait about eight, (laughs) seven. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Five. Okay, go ahead. Spoilers <laughs> are about to happen here. Okay. Um, Brad, you let's talk inscription first. So um you were, were said to me, I was talking to you about where I was, and you were like, Oh, you have to get past a certain part in inscription. Yes. That, that part was um beating the what seems like the initial boss in inscription. Not There's, the initial boss, but the 
the, I don't know, the innkeeper, the cabinet. Yeah, we, I think we both came in here last week on the podcast having played like an hour of that game at most. Yeah. And I've well, probably, I, I had, I, I had gotten half, maybe. I had a, a run. I think I had a run at that boss, but I had lost. Um, or no, okay. maybe I got past the fishmonger. Um, yeah, not too long. Yeah, an hour ish, an hour plus. Right. right. And that first part of the game is like run based, right? It is a full on roguelike. So, like, it's not super clear how long it's going to be or if there's anything else after that. Yeah. Turns out there's a whole lot after that. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, maybe I had gotten further in that first time. I can't remember because I, I don't think I had played it again until there was one night i can't remember because what's time i was i was up until one in the morning playing and i i was wiped i had gotten really far and i wiped and it just took all the wind out of my sails and i was like oh my gosh it takes so long to clear these three maps i've definitely and- had two or three instances <laughs> where i was just like man i actually had a night before last i had a god-awful misclick oh because i was just tired and wasn't thinking straight <laughs> like i had i had set up i was about to wipe almost the entire like the you know bad guy side of the table with yeah. one move and then i clicked on the wrong goddamn card and lost instead i've done that <laughs> picking like, a out. card occasionally like where i have clicked the <clears throat> wrong card and quickly got taken the wrong card but i the one i beat it on i had a card that was a card i made that was a one cost it cost one sacrifice it i had the trait of if it dies it goes back in your hand mm-hmm. it had an attack of six Okay. And it had a health of, I think a base health of three or four. And so I just boosted that card up enough where if I got that card out early enough, it beat that side of the board in one hit. Nice. It just, it just would get down. And if it got hit, it just went back in my hand. And then I think I also got, oh, and then that run, I got the wood carving on a squirrel, which let me search through my hand. So every time I yes. put a squirrel down, I could search through my hand for that. That card. was my favorite run in this entire thing. And like, so this first, the first act of the game where you're stuck in that cabin, you're sitting at this table. It's all very like broken, like, mm-hmm. you know, or actually it's more frontiersy, you know, it's very frontier cabin. Everything is wooden. Yeah. A lot of blades and metal around. It's very bloody. Yes. Like that first part of the game alone is like a game of the year territory. It's so fucking cool. It's great. The, the tone is so good. The atmosphere, the writing, the secrets, the card game itself. The talking cards. The talking cards. I mean, you know, all that mystery. And so, like, where I'm at in the game now, like, I'd say 80% of that mystery has been cleared up. Okay. So I kind of know what is actually going on underneath that thing. Yeah. And so it's the- somewhat less interesting, but I still want to see how it wraps up. I'm almost at the end, I think. But, like, so breaking- the spoiler parts. Well, yeah, but, but before we get to that, just breaking the card game in that first phase when you're in Act 1 in that cabin in and of itself is like some of the most fun I've had with a game this year. Like I, I had that same totem of the squirrel letting you search your deck. Every time you it's play good. one, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, it's good. I just the built old- also all I did was just build a deck full of one blood cost cards. And so every time I played a squirrel, I could just go get exactly the card I wanted and play it. Like it was absurd. The, uh, the only other one I had, which I ever always tried to get again was the squirrel goes back into your hand when you sacrifice it, which was also extremely powerful because then you can, you can just keep laying it down uh, and put out those one cost cards. But yeah. when I when I had the super card in my deck and I was like, it's in here. All I got to do is get my first my first move, play that squirrel, get my card that I made, play that on top of it. And all I do is put it in a blank spot and I win in one round. Yeah. It was very effective. Yeah, I actually, I actually did a couple extra runs I didn't need to do through that first part <laughs> of the game just because it was so much fun getting different ridiculous decks built up. Uh, did you, okay. So here's some spoiler stuff. Again, there will be spoilers and now here they are. Um, 
so at the very when you're fighting the moon at the end, did you put the stinky on the on the moon to make its attack power I zero? Think I may have had that one run because and he's like, what? Yeah, you broke just, you broke the game, and then it just can't attack you. I mean, my favorite yeah. one. The one I liked even more than that was when I had an adder down, which is an instant oh, death hit. Did you use, did it work? It was already on the board. I didn't even play it. Like it was already on the board. So he slapped the moon down, which if people haven't seen the end of that phase of the game, like the moon is one giant card that covers his entire side of the board. It's got like 40 plus health. It has, or something it has like 40 health, but only one damage. So you just yeah. have to like wail on it as fast as you can. But yes, he slapped the moon down and my adder was the first card <laughs> in my, in my, already on my board and it just hit it once and it died and that was it oh it just that's ridiculous. fantastic it's that's so, so good so um, so so then after that the game kind of changes and the, like, it, yeah dude like fuck man there's there's a whole fmv component to this game with like an influ like a card pack opening influencer on youtube mm-hmm. uh there's like the the 8-bit game that like he dug up in the woods that you're actually playing underneath all that that shit in the cabin that's what i'm up to okay so so after you beat that part, you you basically it, in the meta of that game or like in a meta verse of that game, unlock the ability to start a new game, which kind of wipes all the data from your current game to bring you back to the original state of what I think that that floppy was, right. uh, which is the original inscription. Yes. Uh, like the, the lost card game inscription from the eighties. Like this looks, looks like a Commodore game or something. Yeah. And before things take a turn, whatever happened, I haven't revealed, it hasn't revealed itself to me what happened to turn it into that other part or how one of the scribes, is that what they're called? Scriblets yeah. or scribes scribes, scribes uh, with a Y. Okay. I have Flarkin scribes. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of them seems to gain too much power and I have not, uh, and it has not been revealed to me how that, yeah, happened. that's, that stuff is interesting, but the talking cards plays into that stuff. I don't know if you put that together. I think I'm starting to put it together. Maybe okay. what happened with the other scribes. Yeah. Well, uh, you can see it in the card designs, like the stoat. Mm-hmm. Like if you saw how the stoats, the head shape was changing over yes. time as it was talking to you a little more rectangular. You can see how those cards line up design wise with the scribes. Okay. Once you get into that eight bit part. Uh, so yeah, that stuff's super cool though. It has slowed down a lot for me because the game playing mechanic of the card game also is subtly different, but in kind of major ways that affect, well, they add a bunch of different mechanics on there at once in a way that's kind of a lot. And I, I kind of, yeah. I get why people, a lot of people say that part of the game is not their favorite or kind of drags for them. But again, part of that is because I think that first act is just so goddamn strong. Well, you have to do some relearning. You have to learn right. some new things right. in the second act, which at first seem overwhelming you get to pick different types of decks that have different right. it, it very much turns into even more of a pokemon style energy based game or at least it felt like that to me where your deck has to be comprised of enough energy and enough low energy use cards and there's a robot card or a robot deck which i did not use but you did right that uses energy cells yes uh, I, I would i would i'll just say i would recommend getting acquainted with that energy mechanic okay you're going to be doing a lot of that. There's a death deck, which uh, has different mechanics. And, you know, so there's different decks you can use it's, later on. It's kind of a little bit much, I think. Because, yeah, like the, the first act of the game, there is one mechanic, which is the blood cost that you're sacrificing yeah. cards to, to build up. They layer three more of those types of mechanics on, like, all at once once you get to that that 8-bit stuff. And they also change that, that, that blood cost mechanic a little bit in, in the original part, you draw a squirrel every round. And in the, in the second half of it, you do not, you start with yeah. what's in your deck. You, you can, you're just sacrificing whatever is already 
yeah on the board so it's kind of so a lot I'm, that that section of the game is short you can get through that pretty okay fast. yeah it's like, a, it's like a couple hours so i'm on that part and you're uh, uh it's and it, the, the interesting thing is they put an overworld in that it seems you know it's fairly minimal but you are kind of rpging your way around in this overworld fighting people talking to the characters that you obsessively would see later on i guess if they were going by the chronology of the state of the game um you know the uh fishmonger or the, yeah, the uh, angler angler and yeah, the, the prospector uh, the the yeah. uh, the trout like they're all there like that's the yeah. cool thing is like getting into that old time like that old 80s card game and seeing all the stuff from the much more elaborate first act but like yeah playing different roles is really cool and so there's I more would, there's more of that i won't say where it's going after this but the game changes pretty dramatically again after you get out of that old game but and, I, and you're getting all these bursts of fmv with this goofy ass card influencer every so often which is fine it's it seemed it, pretty well it, done it's fun and pretty well i how do you think how do you rate that guy's performance is that the developer i don't know it's not i've seen i've seen okay. pictures of him he is not but that's not the actor. i guess i guess that's how i rate the performance of is that the developer ah, I see. Um, yeah so uh, that meta story that like overarching story of him finding the game out in the woods and all that stuff mm-hmm. kind of goes in some like dark directions <laughs> Like dark, dark, or like interesting dark. Well, it's just, eh, just tragic type stuff, I guess. Okay, all right. Like not like, oh my gosh, this is hard to watch. Like, well, there's like there's more stuff in the cabin in the first act that that once that FMV story starts to develop, you start to look back on some stuff from the cabin and go, oh wow, that's what that was. All right, interesting. That's kind of sad. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's a it is a fascinating game. Like, holy, I I cannot believe one person made this game. Like, there's so much creativity. Well, I think, like in, you said, even the top that that first card game, I want this. That could be a tabletop game and be interesting. Like that like is, it, it, yeah. If that entire if the entire game was all that stuff in that cabin and they just wrapped that up, like I would still be sitting here saying this was like a game of the year contender for me. Yeah, like I really liked. I I, I think again, getting towards the end. Getting towards the end and wiping, it's a long run. Like yeah. those runs can be pretty long. Um so I'm glad it has changed up a bit, but I really did enjoy that first bit and I'm enjoying this part a little less, but I think it's because I have to relearn how to play. Yeah. Uh with some stuff. Like yeah, I was just, doing so well, you know, you, you get so good at the other I, thing. I'll just say grind through this old game part. Okay. Because it's not that long and I I'll I'll just say the game starts getting back to the stuff you liked more in the first part. Okay. So there is there is much more meat there to sink your teeth into, I think. But I think it's a I think it's a fun game. It's obviously based, pulling mechanics from other things, and the I have I think Brad, you also appreciate games that have games with inside them, like those like that stuff is just neat. Yes, like uh, uh like this this ain't this uh this ain't no game uh this ain't no game. There's no game. There is no game. There is no game. There is no game game with something else. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, There is no game. Like that stuff I really like. I like like some well done meta game. Yes. There's a lot of meta layers of stuff in this game. Narratively, mechanically, presentation, the whole thing. Like it's it's super impressive. To the point where in the part I'm in, there's like a little hammer that you can use to sacrifice cards. I thought I tried clicking on everything because I thought like, oh, maybe I can like break uh, you know, maybe you break a health bar or something weird in the game in some meta way with it. If you click on the right pixel or there, something, there. there supposedly is some hidden stuff in that game. I have not seen, which okay. does not at all surprise me, but uh, there's way more there. Just keep going with it. 
I would definitely. Yeah, that is uh, Inscription. Uh, it's on the PC for 20 bucks. I, I highly recommend at least watching some video of it and see if it's something you like, but it, it's unique enough where, um, I, it's, it's hard. It's an easy recommend. Yes, for, for absolutely. For sure. Like I started to say, unless you just don't like deck builders, but even if you don't like, <laughs> unless a deck of cards murdered your family, <laughs> I think you're, you should check this game out. Like, yeah. Even it's, even if you're just even if you're just kind of like like whatever about card games, but can tolerate them, it's worth checking out because it's way more than just a card game. And the mechanics are pretty easy to pick and up. It, at least yes, in that it's, beginning. it's very. I, I'm not even the biggest card deck builder fan, but it's easy to get into and and pick up. Uh, Metroid Dread again. Spoilers if you're if you're just tuning in. But here we go. Metroid Dread. Brad, you so finished it. She turned into a Metroid. She turned into a Metroid. She turned into a Metroid. She the Metroid was inside. She Alex turned into a Metroid. What? Alex. What? You heard, you heard me. How much she, clearer could I be? She, she turned the, into a Metroid. She is the apex predator. She not only turns into a Metroid, but she is immune from the what is the vi- X vi- X the factor? X, the X. X the, cannot give the, it to the, her. The parasite X yes. is yes. Uh, the, uh, yes, the X is not in fact going to give it to Samus. Uh, she okay. There's that. Uh-huh. Where you she kind of led with, I think, the showstopper here, but go on. Uh, yeah, I'd say there's maybe some dumber stuff than that in there. Like, okay. I will say the Metroid amorphosis <laughs> that she goes through, I kind of like, as dumb as it is. Like, the visual is just fucking, like, her suit turns into a Metroid. She gets Metroid. Like, she can suck the powers. She can drain she, powers. Like, like, she is, like, just, she's on the brink of death, and all of a sudden she fucking turns it. It's, like, very anime. Though you do not have to freeze her and then use it's, missiles, which was it's, disappointing. It's very anime. Like she is literally like the literally the life is ebbing out of her body and all of a sudden she becomes a Metroid. Huh. And like straight up like the armor becomes the green pulsy shit that is a Metroid and her visor just goes straight red like a Metroid and you can't see her face anymore. So who knows what's going on under the suit? She um, and, and she shoots a fucking Dragon Ball like giant <laughs> beam out of her hand at that point that just wrecks everything. She like, is it's, fighting it's pretty, like it's a anime like a kaiju giant monster at the end and just blasting her mega beam in its face until it dies at the end, which is very silly. I, I did like, I, I didn't think the last boss was maybe as bad as I had been led to believe it would be the, but, the, the like penultimate fight, the, the like last real boss. Yeah. The, the yeah, yeah. Uh, Raven beak, like fighting Raven beak. Your like, dad. Yeah. My, yes. Yeah. Samus's dad, Raven beak. Oh, a video game where you fight your dad. How not. Um, dad. Like, I didn't think that boss fight was that bad, but then once I got to the end and that kaiju thing happened and I thought I was going to have to fight a real last boss, I was like, come uh, on, game. Come on, game. I don't have another boss in me. Let's just get this over with. It's then, uh, Thankfully, they, that is just a, a, a scripted thing. That I think that last boss is, is very tough, especially um, considering... I mean, it's the patterns again, right? Like, it, yeah. it, it is once you get all the patterns down. There was only one attack on that boss that I had a lot of trouble with and it was the golden orb in the third phase that Ooh, um always seemed like to get me kind somehow. of a bit of another flappy bird moment which is uh, yeah the game has multiple flappy bird moments so so the only other attack that i had very similar problems with in our spoiler territory was um there's one where I'll, i forget which monster it is i think it's a lava one where it does the gusts of wind and you have to run against the gust of wind and yeah. uh, things are coming towards you and is that flappy bird that thing is the flappy of, bird part yeah, yeah i i did not enjoy that part at all 
I never, I don't think I ever got through one of those without getting hit yeah. uh, at some point in it. I thought it was, but, it was easier on the last boss, but like doing the space jump was the hard part of that fight for me. Like <laughs> the space jump is just weirdly picky about when you hit the jump button. Mm. And sometimes it just wouldn't activate when I wanted it to. And that was a problem, but I didn't mind doing the space jump in the circle during the rap, the machine gun fire part. Like that was okay. Uh, I will say I spent way too many rounds of that fight dumping missiles into that boss without realizing that it did like no damage for mm. most of that fight, uh, where you just, if you just do the counter, oh, you're fine. Yes. Yes. That first, first phase. Yeah. You can't hurt him by shooting him until you counter him properly. Right. Yeah. So I just wasted all my missiles so that sometimes I got up to the second phase with no missiles left. Oh. And just had to, I, was, I was actually, I was shocked how generous that fight is about letting you get health and missiles back. Like those yeah, orbs. Well, Every time you punch that dude in the stomach, you get some missiles. Right. But also those orbs, the, those the giant black orb he throws out that slowly yeah. comes at you, like that gives you a lot of stuff back. If you have missiles. Fighting well, those sure. things without yes, missiles. The thing, the thing is definitely harder to kill without missiles for sure. Uh, but like I was like, I got to the point where I was just getting to the second phase with like full health and missiles every yes. time. Yeah. So I, I eventually was able to do that as well. And then the third phase, uh, I can get through the second phase fine because the the moves there are telegraphed pretty well. It's where I really honed in on the ducking, just hitting the shoulder button to duck because of that um, dive bomb attack. Like you yeah. got to get underneath that. Uh, but then, yeah, the the story stuff of you're a clone. I don't. You're 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 that. Per- is that he's, person, he's like a Chozo warrior? Well, so first of all, the reveal that he was actually your ship's computer the whole time. I oh, thought it was right. pretty yeah. fun and yeah. goofy. Especially yeah. the way that like we actually talked about this last week. I without I didn't know the twist, but I just mentioned like, well, that computer really just kind of denigrates you a lot. Like he's yeah, really just talking lot. shit about like specifically with regard to the guy that turns out to be the computer. <laughs> yeah, you'll like, never you, beat him. You stand no chance against him, even at full power. Yeah. You'll never be his match. It's like, wow, computer, thanks for the vote of confidence. But then like at the end, that last scene of her talking to the computer where it just fully you know, pulls the mask off. Mm. she's just like wordlessly just fucking shoots the computer screen and the whole thing just explodes and there so he is sitting dumb. behind it so dumb and then he calls you his daughter multiple yes. times so what are you I don't I, was is the implication that while you were knocked out at the beginning of the game after fighting him the first time is that when he infused you with the Chozo DNA because I don't know because if they're trying to imply that he did that before like the entire Metroid series started or something along those lines that makes zero sense I would have to watch the intro scene again to see if anything weird happens. Maybe there's like a, a, I don't know. I mean, like they straight up show her floating in a tank in a flashback. Yes. And like, and like there's talk about them giving her Chozo DNA and all this stuff. And then there's like this weird. Yeah. So there's that. And then he's like, you're my daughter. And like, okay. And then you're dead. Then you die, but then, then it is die. that meme, too angry to die. It literally yep, just happens. Right. Like, right. She's so mad. Right. And that, she's, she summons the anger within, and then she becomes a Metroid. It is so, like, that shot of her with her eyes wild is so dumb. I, I, like, dude, she looked really mad. <laughs> wouldn't you be? Really, she looked really mad. She was so mad. She was so mad. It's, and then, uh, you know, I usually think of Samus as cool as a cucumber, yeah. but man, she really lost her cool there. She's just uh, been, she's been stifling it all this time. So, um, and it's just like wild eyed Dragon Ball Z, uh, next power level style. Are you saying she went Super Metroid? She really went Super Metroid. Uh, and the f- Super Metroid fusion, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. fusing was ridiculous. But the, 
But then there's this scene at the end that is straight out of Aliens, uh, you know, where the the aliens on the ship, and you're like, oh, we're getting out of here, punch it, oh. and then, and then you're like, oh no, there's an there's a uh, 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 something coming up from behind the seat. Cut the credits, Some, right? Something something made it onto the ship with her. Yeah, but then it's like, no, you're fine. Actually, yeah. you're you're actually Chozo. Uh, that Chozo was immune. That was Quiet Robe. Quiet robe is immune to the X factor, uh, also. No, or it can control so. it. No, no, they could. The his clan could control the Metroids. They're Metroid whispers. Okay, so why wasn't yes. he? Why was he okay? No, he was dead. He was like he was fully Xified. Oh, then what X, was he on the, the ship? X, the, the X did give it to him. Um, I don't know. I think he just he just made his way on there. I don't know. Wait, so he wasn't dead? Or is he dead? No, he was dead. Remember, he died. He died. He got killed by. He- was it the ex that killed him? He died so like he, halfway through the game. So was, he, like right, was he a good ex? Like right after you meet him, he died. Remember? Yeah, no, but I thought maybe something had happened where he didn't die, but no, it like, shows him being possessed. Okay. So he is possessed at he the is, end there as well. Yes, yes. He is dead and is just an ex, but, <laughs> but I guess there's some essence of him remains. Oh man. I and then they, know. and then they just use that as a cop out to make her unmetroid herself. Yeah, I could, which I, yeah. I really was like slightly bummed about because I was like, all right, I really want to see how they're going to write their <laughs> write themselves out of this one. Well, I thought because, they're done because she is a Metroid now. I th- I thought they were going to do it too because I thought they were wrapping this whole thing up. No, 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 one. no. They just said we're done with like the Metroids. Oh, the they sure Metroids. are. They didn't they didn't say Metroid is over. They just said like we're done with the storyline of the Metroids. Oh, I thought they I interpreted that that as like we're going to reboot this from the beginning again. No, like, cuz they got oh. Prime 4 coming and I'm sure that'll be in the chronology oh such as gosh. it is. Like it's still a little bit weird to me that Metroid even has a chronology, but here we are. I don't know where you go. Everything from this. everything has got a a historia at this point. And we're going to do like the what happened when the Metroid died, like Ganon style? Like we need multiple timelines now right. for this thing. Yeah. Like this is too. It, it got. I felt like I missed. I have not been following the story of Samus and Metroid closely, but this felt like I had missed some serious gaps. Well, I mean, the, the last, technically, the last game before this came out nineteen years ago. So I don't know. like Fusion. Fusion was the game, I guess, that led into this. I guess, or maybe did some of the Prime games happen in between? I don't know. We shouldn't. Why are we even trying to figure this out? Well, did you Here's, get the the wait, one, one the last thing at the end? Did you get that like splash screen for uh, Metroid? Was it was it? Fusion? I got no. I got zero mission. Those are just zero those, mission, are, those are just completion rewards. Like oh, okay, it is the most Nintendo thing in the world that it's like, hey, we're going to reward you for finishing this finishing this game with some concept art. Oh, that's it. You'll, okay, that's you'll all love to, you'll you'll love to collect all these pieces of artwork oh. we've digitized and put in this game. Oh, okay, is that all that was by okay. finishing the game again and again on hard and and with shorter times and stuff okay. to right. earn these JPEGs? Sorry, Alex, you were gonna say. All I was gonna say is that uh, all this stuff sounds appropriately batshit, and uh, I'm I'm glad to have heard about it. But I think I am now resolute in my belief that all this game has really done is make me a little more ready for a Metroid Prime Four. I'm not. I think this game's fine. It's fun, but like it's it is not the metro the Metroid that I ever really glommed onto. Like the first two Primes are the only ones I really played significant time in, and I feel like I just want to go back to a Metroid where I can just explore and just hang out and check stuff out and do stuff and not have to worry about fucking robots Dude, hunting me down constantly. I mean, forget the Emmy stuff. Like we don't need to relitigate the ups yeah. and downs of this game incessantly, but like I. I'm super torn on this game overall. Hmm. Like I, I had I to finish good it. Parts. I had to finish it, which I did. 
but I feel like so much of it I was kind of enjoying through gritted teeth, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it was not the difficulty. Like, the Emmy stuff was annoying. Mm. The boss fights I didn't think were quite as bad as, as they have gained a reputation for. A lot of it, the biggest part for me was just how much they fucking lock you off from backtracking and exploring. Like, mm. so much of that game is just doors sealing shut behind you or, like for whatever reason, you know, dead ends, like kind of false leads and stuff like that. Like it just didn't feel open and expansive like a Metroid should to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I, there were so many parts where I was like, Oh, I just got a new power. I want to go back and see what I can use it on. And then it's like, Oh, I can't go back because you closed all these doors. Like sometimes I enjoyed that. I'm in this, I'm in this zone. I see this huge map, but I can only actually get to like a fifth of it right now because you've locked the rest of it off. And like, that's just not what I want out of a Metroid design wise. I think I think for me the probably happier medium is some kind of way a, a more open map with a waypointing system like point me in the direction I need to go but let me go backwards if I want to. Sure. Or I would but, I would even have accepted like like if they just grayed out that part of the map that you technically can't get to right now because sure. we arbitrarily Sealed decided the door. you need to go this way to get to this next boss or whatever like I would be yeah. fine if I just hadn't run up against so much of the, so many of those dead ends because they don't call them out. You have to zoom all the way in on the map yeah. and realize like Oh, there is one super, there's one power bomb block between these two passages that I yeah. don't have the thing to break open. So I just can't go that way. Oops. Yes. There was a lot of that. Because at like, the default, at the default zoom level, that's like a, a small orange pixel basically. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's, it was just a little bit rougher in spots than I kind of expected from a Metroid game. I still liked it overall. Yeah. I'm pretty positive on it. I, um, I actually really enjoyed my time with it. My, my thoughts on the Emmy pretty clear at this point, but. Uh, I, I generally liked it and the, the boss stuff for me, I enjoyed learning those patterns yeah, and, and yeah. defeating those bosses and even that final boss, which I spent like an hour on, um, eventually it was satisfying to take it to that boss and the story stuff just went like right over my head. Like I just, it just felt like I had missed so much of those. It had a very soap opera feel that, a little bit, um, a little bit. I, I liked, I really liked the storytelling. I was kind of surprised cause <laughs> like. It's not what you think about when you think about Metroid. It was definitely there was definitely like a, a temptation to be kind of not my Metroid. Like Metroid's not supposed to have speech and cutscenes. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm just supposed to be alone on this planet, trying to fight my way out. What do you? But but I actually really liked the way they handled all that stuff. I uh, I don't know where you go from here. Yeah, know. like that's kind of why I felt like it was a little bit of cop out to just like make her not a Metroid in the last twenty seconds of the game because I was like, oh boy, I really want to see what Prime Four is if this is where they're <laughs> taking this character. But well, maybe she can switch at will. Maybe she'll have the ability yeah, to possible. go back that's, and forth. Yeah, now that's right. You got to have some kind of Metroid in your Metroid. She didn't defeat the virus. She just contained it, right? Um, like that. Planet? No, I think that's it. Because is that they, it? I mean, they can always write stuff back in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. which they did in this very game. So the Metroids think, are extinct, right? I think the, not only the Metroids, I think the X was also extinct at the beginning of this game until they said, oh, we found an X on this planet. This oh. mysterious video got sent in. Okay. Somebody uploaded a video to YouTube of an X. <laughs> we got to go check this out. Oh, but then they blow man. up that planet. So presumably all those, all those X's are also dead. I and now the, the Chozo are also extinct as I well. Yes. So I don't she's know. the last no, Metroid, I mean, last like, X and last Chozo. It seems like there could be more clans of Chozo out there. The warrior clans and the, I don't know. Weird. Felt bad killing all those X, uh, Chozo warriors. Uh, the X, the X gotta go. X. Yeah, that's true. They, I did. 
video games do this all the time, but I always it always makes a little pit in my stomach when it does. When you reach a certain level of proficiency or power up, and then they reset the the level, the scale of the difficulty on the entire yes. map, and you're yes. like, oh, okay. Yes, the way they did that in this game is like, oh wow, I got almost all the abilities. I'm just yeah. steamrolling, and it's like, hey, now all these enemies respawn incessantly unless you do a specific thing. Yeah, and they're much they take and much they take so way more damage. But yeah. I, by the time I got the space jump and the screw attack, I really appreciated. Like, I am not even shooting my guns anymore. I'm literally <laughs> just. <laughs> bouncing my way through all these corridors as fast as possible which i liked yes that part uh, was quite liberating all right um that's metroid dread and inscription that will end the spoiler block uh uh open bracket slash spoiler close bracket and we are gonna go take a quick break we are gonna be back soon with the news and if you're jumping ahead, uh, we welcome you back. Post the spoilers. We'll see you after this break. We'll be back right after this. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point... I had to drill down. I had to. I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day, my busy schedule, your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some. Uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. <laughs> ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What are you doing on that vacation there? I was. I had to access my GitHub account, and I was doing some coding, and then I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer. Likely story. Uh huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's That's fast. What they enough. all it's- say. 
It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. Says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. And we are back, and it is time for the news. No spoilers in the news. No spoilers here. Just the news. The, the, the facts as interpreted and filtered through us, which makes them a little less fact-like sometimes. But, well, <laughs> can't spoil reality, okay? Um, I, you, can't, I could. you cannot spoil real life. That's just, sorry, that's just the tell. job of a parent is this make reality <laughs> less fun. Um. Brad, what do we got going on this week? It seems like, seems like there's some you've you've written these things out in blocks, and I do appreciate Ooh. the way you have uh, uh, portioned right. these out. I'll just I'll just read directly from my bulleted <laughs> notes. Uh-huh. First of all, here we have the watch block, uh-huh. which uh, I guess do you want to start with Halo or do you want to start with Uncharted? Let's start with Halo. Let's start with Halo. Uh, Microsoft put out a six minute campaign overview video for Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. Somewhat less fanfare than the stream that they debuted it on last year. You start getting the presentation. If you, for sure. Well, I mean, just in the way they put it out. Like yes, they, didn't yes. even, they didn't even live stream it. They just dropped it on YouTube. Just kind of slid it in like, there at about 6.30 in the morning, <laughs> West Coast remember, time. You remember the discourse around Halo Infinite's campaign showing last year? Oh, do I? Do. I? I do, yes. I do. And this uh, was like, um, like a six-minute, almost like, a, what can Halo Infinite do for you? You know, kind like, of, yeah. yeah. It was narrated by uh, God. Why I can never remember Cortana's uh, voice actress. I don't remember uh, either. Anybody? Nope. No. Nope. Jen Jen Taylor, I believe. I oh, always want to say I always want to say Jennifer Hale, but it's yeah. definitely, definitely <laughs> not Jennifer Hale. Uh, uh, anyway, the, the Cortana's voice actor uh, narrated this thing mm-hmm. in in yes a bit of an infomercial like way, slightly. a little bit. But if it was like new a, to the world of Halo. Kind of. It was kind of a, it was a pretty good breakdown of like what open world Halo is going to look like, though, which like <laughs> one of you guys said it before this. And I was also thinking it like right about the time that Master Chief walked up to a vehicle terminal and called for a vehicle to just be dropped from out of frame right in front yeah. of him. Yeah. I was like, this is somewhere between Far Cry and Saints Row. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what this is going to be, which like. Also, there there are like side missions that look like you're taking over outposts, basically. Like that was when the outpost thing was when it clicked for me when um, Cortana will say says, and you can decide how to take over the outpost any way you want. Yes, mm-hmm. and like, like kind of. There's also mm-hmm. like an implication of like there's a bunch of different activities on the map, and you can just kind of do them however you feel like. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like which I'm fine with. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, My Master Chief stealth game, you know, like the I open can sneak like, through the air duct. Like the open worldness of Far Cry is not why Far Cry has gotten stale to me. It's that the actual gameplay in Far Cry is not very interesting. But like Halo Combat is way more interesting than Far Cry Combat, right? I agree with that. So I think with this grappling hook, it could be a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, I was like shocked how aerial, like acrobatic this game appears to be because there's like straight up 
just like straight up a scene of Master Chief like in one. I don't know yeah. the ghosts. I, I forget what kind of flying vehicle they were. The but he was in one. one. Yeah. He was in one that got blown up as he bailed out of it, and he straight up just grappled onto another one as he was falling yeah. through the sky. It was cool. Got, and just got right back in and kept flying. I was like, it's all right. Or Banshee, I can never remember which Maybe one Banshee, was Banshee, I, I forget what it was. But the uh, there was, there's parts where he's just like grappling ammo for like, you yes. know, uh, different or weapons. weapons. Yeah. yeah, you like grapple a gravity hammer from off to the side and just grab it and go. Like, it's kind of cool. Is that like upgrade mechanic in, in that yeah, game Yeah, there's skill, skill tree of sorts from what it looks like. Like, yeah. it's an open world <laughs> game. But like, again, like a vanilla open world game, but with the combat of Halo could be pretty damn cool. I don't understand. Okay, so my notes on this were I am I fell off Halo after three, so four and five are are non-existent canonically, really for me. So I'm not really sure. I, I get it. I, I what's get where going you're on? From. Yeah, I feel like you know, in my very Vinny way, want to go back and finish four and five, which was the one with the um, boy. They all have the like uh, adjudicator or you know mm-hmm. whatever the arbiter. The, Arbiter, yeah. Which two. one was the one? Two was, was the one where you played the Arbiter okay. for, part, for part of the game. And then three... A spoiler, is, man. God. <laughs> and then three is the one where it felt like it all ended and wrapped up. Um, like yeah, Master it is. Chief it, is it, in it, space. Absolutely, it absolutely did wrap up. They straight up, they defeated the Covenant. They, you know, prevented the Halos from firing, like, the whole thing. And they stopped the Flood. And that was Bungie. You know, like, that was, that was okay. the, Bungie's last Halo game. Well, not f- technically. I mean, you know, they put out Reach and stuff, but, like... That was the end of the bungee okay. storytelling in the Halo universe. That and that's kind conclusion. Of, and that's kind of where I, and then four was the, the, not the Arbiter, but the like, the, I don't know, Ringmaster. I or, mean, the, the super top line for five, four and five is four was let's introduce and then fight the ancient precursor race. Yes. Uh, and that, that is mostly orange for some reason. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and then five was the like, oh, there's a squad of like Spartan ish guys who were supposed to be on your side, but they're trying to kill you. Okay, so I don't Remember? even that no. Like all, the, all the promotional material around five was like Master Chief is fighting these other. I don't know if they were actually Spartans or maybe just UNSC people in armor mm. or whatever. But it's like, oh no, there's like a crack squad of oh, like UNSC rogues. troops trying to take down the Master Chief. He's gone rogue. Oh, wow. and then and at the at the end of that one is when Cortana went rampant and tried to destroy the universe. Okay. So that's where, so I was like surprised in this footage to see they are actually picking up from that. I thought they were just ignoring it for this game, but it seems like there is some kind of like blank slate, super naive version of Cortana that you pick up to help you go after rampant Cortana. And she talks about how she's like a fail safe or something for Cortana. Yeah. The fail safe is a thing in Halo though, right? Like everything uh, has this named, like I'm just, my name is just a noun. Maybe. I mean, they refer to this AI as the weapon. Right. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, she's got this really doe eyed, like wide eyed, just like I was created to kill Cortana, but I don't know what she did wrong. What did she Why? do? Like, it was just yeah. a real like childlike way about this AI. It's kind of an interesting angle, I guess. There was a very but, good delivery. And again, I think maybe we're just in the realm of video games have very good facial animation and facial capture stuff. There was a very good line. Uh, delivery and uh, animation at the end of that thing where the guy is like, seems like every, is everybody out here trying to kill you? And she kind of does this look like, yeah, kind of, kind of feels that way. Yeah. It was what I thought was delivered well and animated well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I was kind of not on board with the whole AI, uh, innocent AI trope until that end part was like, okay, maybe I'll come around to this. Character. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they're at least going to resolve the Cortana rampancy plot and not just, Oh, you think they it. will. Well, or, you know, at least address it or further it and not just leave it 
unaddressed. So, um, um, okay. So my, my, uh, there's a couple of threads that if you'll indulge me for a second, you guys can just clarify for me. Cause mm-hmm. if I, maybe other people know this really well, uh, but maybe they don't. Are we, where are we in terms of the release of Halo for the single player campaign and the multiplayer stuff? Are they timing now on track or are they timing separately? Uh, what is it? The co-op campaign co-op is not making launch. Camping co-op and I think like the Forge, Forge stuff. Forge, right? I think, yeah, I think, I think Forge is the other thing that's not making launch. So I think it's I think it's standard multiplayer, competitive multiplayer, and campaign. And it might not be every map okay. at launch, but like yeah. Also, the multiplayer is free to play, so that's like kind of technically a separate release in a sense. Okay. Okay, so we, it's just the okay. So you will get the standard single player campaign that is definitely in the box. Yes, and then competitive multiplayer yes. in some form will be there. Okay, good to know. Uh, so this is the thing. The stuff they're showing here is what we're is coming out early next year. No, no, no. in like a month. In like a month. Yeah. Jeez, I forgot. December eighth. Yeah. Jeez, I, I forgot. Thought it, I, I thought it looked pretty good. I mean, it's and especially considering how much shit they got for that last presentation. Like, yeah. I will say that they have spent some time polishing yes. that thing up. This definitely yeah. looked more polished than that. Also, this is like the last big release of the year, so. So they what, can't, uh, they can't so cyberpunk this so, shit. They so cannot I'm, do it. So, I mean, it'll be the thing everybody's playing because it's kind of the last big AAA game. I'm very curious to see how this all shakes out in terms of, you know, Halo Planet run amok, like, like open world Halo Planet. I mean, I would be shocked if this game doesn't have a pretty open-ended ending mm. just because of the way they've talked about this thing. I, I mean, mean, Halo fly- isn't done. Well, they've, you know, they've, I mean, you know, it's right there in the name. Like, this is a Halo that is intended to go on endlessly. Yeah, and they fr- like, then they flat out referred to this game as like the foundation of the next decade of Halo and stuff like that. Oh, it's so like, exhausting when you see who knows that. who knows what the building like, the next of, ten great years of Halo. <laughs> yes, it's like that, every every year a new Halo to explore. The ring just goes on forever. Yeah, you never hey, the end of it. That's right. That's right. There's no end. I, I don't know how that stuff will shake out, but I, I thought this looked pretty good. Um, what was this other video that uh, came I out? just threw it in there? It's not sizzle not, little it's, teaser. It's, it's it's some. Th- thing to further the banished which is like the enemy faction that you're fighting like i just they've kind of I've, they've kind of struggled to find a narrative justification for more halo since three i think <laughs> okay and and here we are again with yet another splinter faction okay of enemies that you are pretty familiar with and they, are, are they- taunting you and talking shit and yeah well the so universe are- is a big place man those guys can scatter I all over the place yes, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of place for disgruntled brutes and elites to hide out and pop back up when the opportunity totally. presents itself. So they are uh, they are a, a faction from previous games, the Banished. No, 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 they're new for this. Okay, but, but they but, consist but again, of some enemies you know. Yes, again, like you know, they're pretty familiar enemy types. Even if this is this one has a different name, and they um maybe they're they're probably from some book or novelization. I would guess they um there's a couple of big bads in in this. The yeah, they kind of introduced like, oh, there's an elite bounty hunter, and there's this brute guy that keeps talking shit. And like, there was somebody with like a very Star Wars ish name that yeah, loves hunting. Like, yes, I, I don't. I don't Jay Carell or yeah, something they, like that. We're kind of definitely trying to give it a little bit of a rogues gallery kind of feel. <laughs> uh, Halo. Well, we'll find out soon yeah. enough. That yeah. is uh, that is quickly approaching. That's, that's probably our last big look at that thing before it comes out. But uh, I'm I am I am more interested now than I was before that video. Yeah, even if it just winds up being goofing around with Master Chief and his grappling hook and flying warthogs off of things. Yeah. Like, if you can put me in the back of a warthog and jump it off a cliff and I can attach it to some kind of banshee and either the banshee pulls the warthog up or 
you know, if we are getting closer to just cause and further away from Halo, that's okay by me. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. But also the amount of skill shots in that footage of just like, oh, I'm going to try to grapple this moving target so I don't hit the ground mm-hmm. and die and stuff like yeah. that. Like, could be cool. That that makes well, that makes me really glad there is a day and day PC release. Because oh, for getting, mouse support, getting to play that with a mouse would be good. I think. Uh, that is, but that was not the only uh, trailer in this watch block, though. Uh, they have mapped out here. Yes, they put out a trailer for the Uncharted movie. They sure did. What do you think? <sighs> what do I think? <laughs> One, I think this is a movie that probably never needed to happen, uh, especially with all the years that spent in development hell. But someone was determined to make it, so they did. And from what I have seen, there's probably enough Uncharted in there to make someone happy, I guess. There's, like, a lot of Uncharted in there. There's, like, straight up, like, pirate ship in a cave. There's there the is, cargo thing there's, with the there's plane. Car- there's, there's Drake climbing a bunch of containers falling out of a cargo plane. There's, like, the there's the big party with the villain, like, big soiree. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's kind of all Uncharted from what I saw. Except it's very. I think the casting seems... I just, I can't, man. Odd. I just cannot. I cannot with Tom Holland. It just as, seems odd. As like barely post pubescent Nathan Drake. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah, I, I get it. And I, 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 the thing is, I don't mind him if that's the direction you're going to go in. If this is Nathan Drake Origins, that's fine. But also, I don't think of Mark Wahlberg particularly <laughs> as Sully. I don't think about wanting to see him morph into old Sully over the years. And yeah. based on some of the things Tom Holland has said about making this movie, I don't think they're going to make another one. Or at least not with oh, him. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it yeah. does not sound like he enjoyed his time Mr. doing Mr. Sullivan, this. I don't feel so good. Uh, it's I weird. Thank you. Uh, it's weird. I don't... I didn't... I. Okay, so I wrote in the notes here after watching it so I could remember. Mm-hmm. It has Tomb Raider, the the movie, energy to it. Like it's the Lara got, Croft Tomb Raider, not the most recent one that no, was trying An- to be the edgy Tomb Raider. Yeah, Angelina Jolie style. It, it feels of that era of video game sure, movie, of sure. like that Timothy Oliphant Hitman movie, the, the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movie, like when people were just trying to make action blockbuster and then slap a video game name on it and mm-hmm. then was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, we make video game movies and less in the well thought out. I'm trying to think of the good video game movie. Uh, uh, Mortal Dune. Kombat. Nah, the one. Uh, you know, it just, um, it it doesn't feel, I don't know. I'm not getting, un- I was not getting Uncharted vibes from it. Mm. Like I like, was, but it just, it doesn't matter like i've played enough uncharted at this point to feel like i have gotten my fill of that franchise and i'm kind of glad it doesn't seem like they're going to run right back to that like a movie version of that does absolutely nothing for me but he like okay i haven't seen the movie i've only seen this trailer i got no like lovable scamp scoundrel vibes from tom holland like that's nathan drake is like a han solo who has luck on his side that gets through scrapes but and and you know is is a scoundrel. I and definitely like, definitely do with a little more smirking and like eyebrow raising. He seems like mu- a good kid, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And and much like the movie Solo, maybe finding out how he became to become that scoundrel is not as interesting as him just being that. <laughs> so, so like the, the only thing that I think could have made this work for me and make me want to see it is if the end of the trailer 
had a very slow motion dramatic shot of him with his shirt tucked in. Mm. And he just reaches down and pulls out one half of the shirt and lets it dangle. Oh, uh huh. No, that's, that's the post credit sequence. Then I would have been like, all right, now this movie is stupid enough that I want to watch it. But and, the, and Sully puts a mustache on. But we did not get that. So anyway. Oh, uh, odds on Mark Wahlberg having the mustache by the end of the movie and then making Hi. a joke about it. Yeah, yes. I could see it. I could see it. But it's like, my Mark, new look. Mark Wahlberg in this movie looks like the age that I want a Nathan Drake to be in a movie. Mm-hmm. Like everybody has been aged down about 20 years. Well, at Which one point, if, he was going to be Nathan Drake, I think, in one, so one long, iteration yeah. of this. That's how Aww. long this has been. Yeah. I I don't know. I'll, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll see it. Good luck. Good luck to them. I think it'll be probably in, again, it'll probably join the ranks of like that Assassin's Creed movie. Ooh, that, uh, that's, it, that's where I'm feeling this one right that's now. That's not flattering. I'm trying to think of like a, a video game movie that transcended that that escaped orbit on some of those things. I it's would say Res- what I'm Res- Resident of. Evil. Resident Evil uh, became popular enough to become its own film franchise without needing the games anymore. I agree. Yes. It did escape the orbit, but the then it crash landed into a very bad other planet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they went so hard into the campy stuff that it kind of became its own thing. Um, it's got to be possible. I'm just not. I'm just not finding it. Ratchet and Clank, the only one that made it. It's got to be out there. Uh, I think I think movies have become better video games than maybe video games have become movies over the years. Like we've had yeah. better success in, in that probably regard. true. Um, all right. Well, you can go watch that trailer too and see yeah. what you think. I wonder. I didn't look at the comments on like a YouTube or anything like that. Nor should you. Are there are are there uh, people being like, yes, this is what I'm talking about? I bet that person exists somewhere. That person is named Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> What's in our next block here, Brad? Uh, I called this one Nintendo Thangs. Oh. All right. There are two separate Thangs here. Give me the Thangs. Yeah. What's Thang 1? The expansion pack launched for Nintendo Switch Online, that $50 a year kind of premium version of it, I guess we'll call call it. it. The thing that has the Animal Crossing DLC and Genesis and N64 games in it. Those N64 games, not in great shape, apparently. Yeah. Like, pretty rotten emulation, it turns out. So, when I first started seeing clips of this, it was just some stuff from Ocarina going around, and I was just looking at it, and I was going, okay, that's the frame rate I remember from Ocarina of Time. That's I don't know what people are complaining about. Then I saw some more videos of that thing, and... It's all, yeah, it's all kinds of stuff. There's it's some like, stuff in there that ain't right. There's just, like, straight-up technical stuff, like, like input lag and, like, audio delays and stuff like that. Um... There is, there's a shot from Ocarina going around that's pretty telling Mm. where the original Ocarina and even like the Wii virtual console version, it's like a lake and there's like nice fog in the distance and there's a reflection of the scenery into the water. And then here's the switch version and it's like all the fog is gone. The reflection is gone. It's just replaced with this like shitty flat water texture, just like no character to the scene at all. And it's just like, like they just kind of like butchered the look and feel of the game. I don't like really understand how that happens because I, if you know you're doing this, wow, that's like. But they've a, yeah. put out multiple iterations of it's, Ocarina of Time in the time since that did not were not this fucked up, right? I, like you've you've put out emulated versions of this game before that are better than this. I I don't follow this stuff super closely, but it, you know, 
tangentially or through osmosis i feel like nintendo has had some trouble with the emulators they choose sometimes on their projects yeah like mm-hmm. it's it's less noticeable but you'll definitely see like like when i played su- through japanese super mario 2 last year like mm-hmm. some people wrote in because i was playing it on the switch the emulated switch version and people wrote in saying like hey the just so you know like some of the timings and physics in that version of the game are not really accurate oh. like the emulation is not quite there well, like i got through it it was fine but See, yeah. see people saying the same thing about like the Super Metroid that's on that service is also not exactly accurate to the original stuff like that. I mean, they're. It, I feel like it, it exacerbates because they're charging. A, a, I mean, that's that's the real problem here is that even if this stuff was working right, like it's the value proposition for more than double the price of the base service is kind of questionable. And then and when you screwed up the technical execution, it's like, oh boy. And then you top on that, like some of those games, the control schemes they've had to build oh, for people, yes. not assuming that they don't necessarily have that N64 you know, extra controller yet. Like, oh man, some of that there, Star Fox shit I saw was I, not good. I, 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 that was another thing I forgot to mention. There are some button mapping issues where some buttons have been reversed and there's no way to change it and stuff like that. Like, it's okay. just a mess. It's just a mess. Like, probably probably don't sign up for this for the N64 games right now. <laughs> it's extra baffling because I feel like they didn't have to put it out this soon. Like, they could have waited a little bit uh, and been have like... You, have you seen their share price? Look, I know, man, and I know they just delayed that uh, that Advance Wars game. And Wait, that's like, the other thing. How sorry, are you, I'm sorry, how I ruined you? the other thing. Well, how, how about, uh, but, uh, but, but, but Metroid Dread, number one selling Metroid, right? So, like, yeah, that's I mean, a positive. Yeah, it's doing well. It did, yeah. did all right, but yeah, their, yeah. their stock price has not been great this year. But the last mm. two years of Nintendo have been largely kind of a bummer, and I'm pretty... Like, I just, I, if you care, like, I understand the N64 is a weird system and there are a lot of things they have to do to sort of make them work right on another platform, but it's just like, take the time. Yeah. We've waited well, this fucking long. This just, is, just, yeah, just do is, it right. This is not cool. But you're, and you're also competing with, with other, with free options out there. So you, you do the one that works well and make it the best version. And then yeah. I think Brad, you said this and it has been said before, just give a better alternative yep. and yep. and make it more convenient. Yep. Uh, My N64 so it, still works. That thing is a beast. You could set that thing on fire and it would still work. <laughs> like I can just plug that thing in now and just play fucking Ocarina of Time. Uh, what is the other thing? They should, uh, before we move on, they yeah. should put out, they should put out the 3DS remakes of Ocarina and Majora's Mask. Oh, on the they Switch. really should. They really should. Like, those they, should are good. Port, they should port those over. Those are more modern versions of those games. And, and do not cool. charge $50 a piece for them, but you should. they should well, do that. But they yes. will anyway. They, they, would, they would probably put them out separately each for yes. full price. Yes, they would. <laughs> or, uh, but, but they are good yeah. versions. Or at least yes. they were on the those platforms. I don't know yeah. how they would scale up. Um, They're definitely more modern than the originals. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they also they, they delayed that Advance Wars 1 and 2 remake mm. uh to spring 2022 it was supposed to be out the first week of december we'll get this into wasn't it gonna more. make or break their year but this sucks. no it's yeah i mean it's less of a bad for nintendo thing and more of just a bad for people who want to play games in december thing because <laughs> mm-hmm. there ain't much it's it's definitely the great uh uh um whittling down of that list from here on out if like if you want to play games this year i hope you like grand theft auto and skyrim and forza and halo you know there's a lot of catch up too yeah well there's because there's not a ton else yeah yeah but some smaller stuff for sure plenty of plenty of stuff to play new releases maybe being a little yes yeah also the the long-suffering 
Advance Wars fan base. Just have to suffer a tad bit longer. I was looking forward because this is going to be my my first entry into the franchise, really. Oh, dude, I'd love Advance Wars and continue to be slightly bitter that uh, Fire Emblem has gotten all the attention over the years. Look, unfortunately, Uh, you can't go on dates with the tanks, so... Yeah, maybe you can't. Not yet. I just don't want it bad enough. Brad, I know this next story is news that you have been uh, longly longing for. Longly? Longly? Longly awaiting? Longly 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 awaited... Yes, the longly awaited Returnal save update is here. This is basically just some housekeeping. Uh, Returnal 2.0, they are calling this update. I kind of, I do enjoy that they call it a suspend cycle and not just a save feature. Well, it, you know, it is, it is, it is kind You're of. You're right, it does work differently. Yeah. You can't make yeah. discrete save files. Returnal did not have any kind of save functionality. People may remember the only way you could pause the game was to put the, PS5 in rest mode, which doesn't work for a lot of people or is very prone to failure. So you can suspend a run now, but it's a one-time save. They delete the save when you reload it. So you can't yeah. save scum. They wanted to preserve the roguelike stuff. But anyway, this this game needed this, and here it is. So I would like to go back to it and finish it at some point. So the thing that I didn't understand from this was, you know, it, it obviously obliterates that suspend save when you come back into it. But could you in theory suspend it or cause you manually hit your save point. Right. And it doesn't say necessarily if the game stops, it's kind of says you, you, you set a point, which I assume you quit out. That's how those things have worked in the past. Like, Hey, do you want to quit or do this or suspend now? But if you don't, could you do that? And then basically yank the plug, you know, if you really want oh, yeah, to, you can, yeah, you could even just go disable auto upload. To to basically keep that keep that yeah, thing there. If you just okay. turn off you turn off cloud sync for for Returnal save game, you can just manually save scum okay. it if you really want to go to those links. Right. Okay. Um, but this which, is good. Which yeah. you know, if you have a good run going, I'm not going to blame you, frankly. Yeah. But anyway, there's not not a lot here, but it's cool that they finally made this happen. Yeah. Yeah. I never finished it. Um, boy, I bet it would take me a while to get my uh, Returnal I legs back it. underneath me. Literally the day before they announced this, uh, this update, I deleted it off my hard drive. Oh, no. I needed yeah. to make space for other yeah. things. Mm. Um, all right. Now. All right. The news of the weird. We got a, yes, that's a Let's good title. For, good title for this block here. I'm just going to read all three of these headlines. Okay. You tell me, these are all from video games. Chronicle. You tell me. Which one is the most ridiculous? Okay, okay. I'm ready. Activision asked Suda51 to make a Deadpool game over a decade ago. Okay, okay. this has got some real uh, wait, wait, don't tell me vibes to it. Okay, mm-hmm. which, Warner, which is the fake headline? Got it. Warner is reportedly making a Smash Brothers style game with Batman and Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lastly, Wu-Tang Clan RPG in the works at Microsoft, it's claimed. I think that's the weirdest one. I think, yes. I'd, to get the real answer, here's like the, someone we interviewed as part of this story. Because, like, I mean, the Warner Brothers Smash Brothers one, when I read it, was like, what the fuck? Like, really? Come on. Like, but then, every, yes. But, every but then big got, studio is going to get their own streaming service, and they will get their own Smash clone. Yeah, so some more uh, leaked or was reported about that thing, like, minutes before we started this podcast. Like, they're saying... This is coming from all over the place. In fact, a screenshot of the character select screen leaked right before this. It did. So pretty sure that's real, but like, it sounds like that's free to play. They're going to sell other characters. They said the first DLC character might be LeBron James. Sure. Uh, 
Where is that roster? I can't even name all the characters in this screenshot. Are they going to put the Clockwork Orange guys in there like they did in the Space Jam? Maybe. Wait, they did? Yes, they were in the background of like the crowd shots. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, Tom Uh, and Jerry, Bugs Bunny. Rick Sanchez. Rick from Rick and Morty. Superman and Wonder Woman, Gandalf, Batman, a variety of Harley Quinn, a variety of cartoon characters I'm not familiar with. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But of course they are doing this. Will oh, they Steven, put a Mortal Kombat character in there? Steven Universe and Adventure Time are some of those characters. Uh, yeah. Is, will maybe. Scorpion be in there? Like who, yeah, who is the most like chibi eligible version of a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, it's going to be Sub-Zero or Scorpion. Probably Scorpion is the one that most people know. You're probably I right. I think so. You're probably right. Uh, you got Scorpion in there. Uh, like this 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 gets less ridiculous and more just like, of course, this is happening the more that comes out about it. Yeah. So. It's their all-stars thing, right? Yeah. Also, the, the Suda thing is kind of like, yeah, you know, that seems like kind of makes sense. Suda that sounds like do, a weird pitch you make 10 years or 12 yeah, years Suda, ago. Suda could do a cool Deadpool game. Also, I mean, he certainly he couldn't do a worse job than they did on that 2013 one. Yes. Also, NetEase just bought Grasshopper Manufacturer. Oh, really? Bought yeah. outright? Huh. Well, they were already owned by Gung Ho. Like, Grasshopper has not been independent for a long time, hmm. but Gung Ho sold them to NetEase, so there's that. Um, but... Wu-Tang Clan RPG in the works at Microsoft. How, how, how verified is all that stuff? Like I went through that story and it seemed like that story starts with a a quote that is like, uh, well, we weren't sure if they were talking about Wu-Tang Clan or like Wu-Tang, the fighting style in general, and then went out to clarify. So is this a game of telephone thing happening? I don't know. There's multiple reporters out there have, Confirmed they've heard about it. It wouldn't, I, even, like, it wouldn't, even, it wouldn't even be the first Wu-Tang Clan video no, game. No, that means. probably makes it weirder. But that's the thing, is that they, Wu-Tang is very much on record as being pro-video game. They, you know, in yeah. the 36 Chambers is out there. It's not a great game, but nonetheless, yeah, they did also, it. Don't forget Shaolin style. Yes, there is Shaolin style as well. And, you know, look, Riz is still out there doing stuff. Wu-Tang is in the media. They did that documentary a couple of years ago. There's a scripted series now that hey, is a yes. I've I've about been the history led, of the Wu Tang. I have been led to believe that the Wu Tang Clan is forever. It <laughs> is. It's for the kids, so. for the children, and it's forever. Well, hmm. Wu Tang is for heard, the children, and it I've is also forever. heard they are nothing to fuck with. Which they I are know. also nothing to fuck with. Cream, get the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 the the weird part of this is Microsoft. I that is not I who know. I would have thought they would have gone to immediately. So I I agree with you in terms of Microsoft's last several years, let's say. But this does kind of remind me of the weirdo, like kind of ironic spirit of early Xbox 360. Mm. Sure, like this is exactly the kind of weird swing that a company with the resources of Microsoft and the industry position of Microsoft should be taking. Right? Yeah. Like they need to be doing some weird stuff. Like. Everything can't be Forza and Halo and a new rare game, right? No, that's like, fair. And I and the thing is, they have studios now. Like, if they're making RPG, if that it turns out to be Obsidian's next project, that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, but I would be super into it. 
I don't know. Uh, like, I just, I, I don't, like, I, I don't know what if the relevance of Wu-Tang in the modern day is enough to sell a big-budget AAA franchise at this point, but yeah. I want to see them I try. Mean, maybe it's not AAA. Maybe it's a smaller, it could be like a $30, $40 game or something. It could. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I but, mean, the, the the reporting in that story was like a couple, of, a couple of dozen hours, which is, you know, not insubstantial. No. That's, no. Yeah. Uh, but is... Would you make, would you, would you make an accessible Wu Tang Clan game I, that means that like you're going to mobile, you're going across, you know? Um, that I don't know. Yeah, like what target are you hitting? Oh, it's a Game Pass thing for sure. That's that's all Microsoft does at this point. So like they they just want Xbox and PC fodder to fill out Game Pass constantly. So like like that's you know that's where the Netflix thing comes in right of Netflix is out there producing content non fucking yeah. stop now because they have to like Microsoft needs to be doing that as well. FMV game. So hey, yeah, sure they should do all kinds of stuff with the resources that they have. Uh, well I guess we'll see. Are my kids going to learn about the Wu Tang Clan mm. from this here video game? Or I mean, listen, it's never too early to get them in. So is your, is your son going to request an old dirty bastard costume next Halloween? Oh gosh, one can only hope, really, for the for the answer of who are you? I'm ODB. <laughs> what circa? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what getting version? the braids right is going to be tough, but I yeah. I look forward to seeing how it how it turns out. Yeah, I this bet. Is, I bet. This, this, yes, Wu Tang Clan is about to be for a whole new generation of children. Um, let's just bring. It, let's. I mean, it's time. Let's go. We need more Shaq Fu. Uh, no, I'll they t- did that. It was terrible. Uh, more of it. Oh, right. They just brought it back like, like a couple years ago. It was fucking awful. years ago. Right. Okay. Well, maybe it is time to go. Is there no. a Fushnikens game? Was there ever one? No. I feel like they're a property no. that would have gotten a game. Um, how about, Where's how that Jeru the Damager game that we've all been <laughs> holding out hope for? Make a make a Diggable Planets game while you're at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, bet there's been like, there's no, no tribe game. No, I don't know. I don't think the people in Tribe Called Quest get along well enough to, to uh, put together a media venture like that. I I hope this is real, just because it would mean that Microsoft is funding some weird shit. Sure, and I hope it's real because I maybe it's the bring back the weird license game. I want more of that. Yeah, just weird everything is what what the Xbox has been missing for a while for me. It's a little too buttoned up. Totally. Just drop the Wu Tang into Halo Infinite and just be like, sure. hey, "We're here. We got to get to work." Uh, and let me control them in there. Or imagine if they license the music and they just put that in like Halo Infinite, like just Wu Tang as you kind of Guardians of the Galaxy Master Chief hits play on his arm and goes into a base. That sure. okay? Sure. I don't know. I don't know if anything could actually recapture the kind of Gonzo energy of the early Xbox 360 for me. You know, all the generation remix and the f- having fucking the Burger King as your gamer picture, <laughs> all God, that stuff. Like, what a time to be alive! Like, uh, like that was some of my favorite shit in all of video games. Like, the I meta, totally agree. The meta culture around early 360 and chasing achievements and playing games you hated for that reason, and the weird and avatars, like, and then like the and stuff like, like one versus one hundred shit that would cross. Yes, like, there's yes. so much weird shit and, on and there. Like, like ironically, but kind of also earnest putting branded content all over your profile like it was just so fucking stupid and i miss that so much but we don't, we don't live in that world anymore for no. a whole host no. of reasons so video games grew up okay yes yes they yes. had to move out of their parents basement and yes 
Now they run a business of their yes. own. Speaking of growing up, the last story, Blizzard has canceled next year's BlizzCon. Oh, you don't say. They yes. probably had to do that. Yes. I guess it was it was February now, which is like weird because I always thought of BlizzCon as an end of the year, like a November-ish yeah. kind of thing. But I think this, this year's got pushed because of COVID and they were trying to adapt to that. But obviously they've got way bigger things to take care of now. Yeah, I bet. Which is essentially fixing their culture. They literally, there's there's no responsible for way for them to actually yes, host like, a fan event there, amid yes, all of this shit. There is no way that you have an event celebrating Blizzard and its history in the next three months. No. Yeah. So, they made the right call. Yes. Also, I mean, uh, uh, God, what was, uh, McCree. McCree is now Cassidy, I believe. Yes. Oh, they, they, they changed the name? Throw that out there for what it's worth. Uh, the, the gunslinger. Yes, for anyone still playing from Overwatch. Overwatch. Yes. Even I don't play Overwatch anymore, and I played That's, a lot yeah. of fucking Overwatch. Yeah. But Overwatch 2 is still, uh, still a thing, it, Allegedly, right? still eventually, happening. Eventually, that will probably come out. <laughs> well, that is going to do it uh, for this week's show. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Yeah. I want to thank everybody for Following along here with us, we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. Age of Empires 4, Darkest Dungeon 2, Inscription. Uh, you might not have heard that part because we just put spoilers in front of it. Metroid uh, Dread in the game section there if you want to go back and listen to that. We are, of course, supported by you. And you can go over and uh, uh, support us over on Patreon if you'd like. Uh, you can uh, you support us by watching and listening to all our stuff. There are different tiers, though, over on the Patreon. Did you know this, Brad? I have heard rumors. That you mysterious go- rumors. Oh, mysterious, would you uh-huh. say? Uh-huh. Like mysterious benefactors? Mm-hmm. Should I read those mysterious benefactors this week? If you please. Rob M., Nelson LeBlanc, James Smith, Skywarp, Brian D, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Jack Eineker, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pedgeke, Matt, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, Joseph Reagan, John McInnes, the Bunny Fiend, Casey Shaughnessy, John B., Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Chris Barkhurst, Ninja Ducky, Anders Bouget, Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Blood Emblem, Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Tiebkin, It's Me JP, Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs, Matthew Herrig, Rick Button, and Tyler Treese. Those are our mysterious benefactors for this week's show. Thank you to all. And thank, thank you, you all. to all. And to all a good night. No, thank you to all. And to here's to more great Nextlander content made possible by everybody who has supported us again, just by listening out there. You don't even know the power you have just by listening. 
That's right. Just by watching, just by sending those. Every time you smile, I smile. You don't know it, but it happens. That's right. Keep our name on your lips. Spread the word. Get us trending. Oh, boy. Yeah, you can do that, too. Hey, listen, you want to go go buy a billboard somewhere? That's up to you, man. You do what you want to do. Put uh, together a street team. All I was doing is asking for a smile, but you want to go do that (laughs) other stuff, that's fine, too. But no, seriously, thanks everybody. Can't uh, state it enough. We tried to keep everything we do here accessible and free uh, and then have some fun tiers on the Patreon and it can't happen without you. Uh, we've got a lot of great content that happened this week and continues to happen like the Hitman Marathon. It's heating up. You want to go catch that? We are making our way through Hitman 2. Got some more maps in there. So far, Brad... Because only on Hitman 2, I think you're down one and have mm-hmm. taken the rest of the maps on there. That's uh, correct. So, so we got some still, more there. Still got a bit of a deficit to overcome. A little bit of a deficit. Plenty more Hitman to Eight go. more maps to get through, my friend. It's true. Um, and uh, we got that. We got uh, Alex and I uh, stretching the boundaries of friendship and betrayal with mm-hmm. House of Ashes. You can see uh, decisions are made. And how uh, Alex and I have worked cooperatively together to make sure a couple never <laughs> never gets back together uh, by making some choices. Um, you've got uh, the Ramblecast over on the Patreon side. You've got uh, Planorama coming up uh, the first of the month for November. You got um, uh, Bla- Blad, Blad, Brad in VR uh, mm-hmm. over on the Resident Evil side happening on Thursday. You've got Alex hunting ghosts. Mm-hmm. On Mondays and Thursdays, and we're gonna have a stream on Friday. That's a patron choice stream. That's right. Let's just take a quick look at this poll I put up. Okay. I do believe we will be playing some Jackbox. Some Jackbox with hopefully a guest. Uh, I won't say who it is in case they get busy. Turns out people get busy. Mm-hmm. Weird. Things come so, up. Gotta stay flexible. But uh, I um, we have some early acceptance from uh, someone that I really want to play Jackbox with. So hopefully they'll be able to make it. Uh, So tune in for that on Friday. Woo. And then scream team, the wrap up of scream team, alien isolation happening on Sunday. So thanks to Abby for that as well. And that'll be on Sunday. That is going to do it for this week's show. As always. Thank you, Brad Shoemaker. Well, thank you. Thank you. Alex Navarro. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening, making Next Lander great, and we will be back next week.